Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. I'm Dave and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Dave. How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. Still in lockdown, still in the post-apocalypse here in Sydney. Um, obviously got my you know M16 when I go out to check the mail. Um, yeah, and basically uh, bringing Laura to the lawless here in Sydney, Australia. How is it in Dayton, Ohio? <laughs> it's doing all right, man. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. just doing my thing. I went into the office for the first time in a while. Uh, had to get a new ID, so that was fun. What, like literally new passports, the whole thing? You're gonna you're gonna go off the grid, are you? Is that is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, I'm going off the grid. <laughs> Say uh, goodbye to the wife and kids. You're like Adam's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Wouldn't it be? I just think of something, man. If you got like a um, you change your name, but you change your name to something random like Steve Gerber, like a like a like a sort of cult comic book. You know, <laughs> name like not not even like Peter Parker, which like mainstream people know. But pick a name that like you know, you know, your mum and dad would never know, like a Steve Gerber or you know, Steve Englehart, something like that. Just just to, just to throw people. But then if you got that comic book fan, they're like, "Hey, are you that guy?" <laughs> like, sure, really I'm like know. fifty years younger than. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote Howard the Duck in the seventies. Um, and I feel like that would be what, you know, someone like you or I would go for, you know, I'd probably be, uh, Rock Crin, Cosmic Boy, would be my yeah. name, and stand out like a sore thumb. <laughs> I love it, yes, yeah, some real obscures. Now, uh, obviously this week, um, Legion Outpost, we're doing, what's it called, The Conspiracy? This Paul Levitt yeah, story? Yeah, I think that's what they call it. It's mm-hmm. a great, and I will say this up front. Legion fans, uh, this is a this is a fantastic one, and I do want to say thank you to the Legion fans who've been joining the Facebook page, following us on Twitter, we're at Legion Outpost, and I do want to say if you enjoy the show, please and the Signal of Doom Network, which is Legion Outpost, uh, Signal of Doom main show, and Dread or Dead, please if you want to see more of us um, or hear more of us, I guess, uh, look. If you could join the Patreon for as little as $1 per month um, at patreon.com slash signal of doom, it really helps me um, basically show running costs and stuff like that. Um, and it, it means that we can give more. And there is exclusive content on the Patreon. Myself and Dion do Cinema of Doom. And if we get more Patreons, there'll be more exclusive content. And, um, yeah, but I, I, I do want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to... The Legion Outpost fans, Adam, you are very um, prolific in the Facebook group posting up stuff, and we get quite a few comments from your kind of material. Um, it's it's good stuff. And I, and I do want to say, if you're a member of the Facebook uh, page, join the Signal of Doom group. I'll put the link up uh, again. in the. I'll put the link up on the Legion Outpost page because in the Signal of Doom group, you can always chat. There's people in there um, from all different shows and you know it's a mingling of minds it's almost like the the, the original uh you know rocket ship uh legion uh, clubhouse adam yeah yeah you got a great crew of uh listeners there so definitely you know feel free to write in and exactly you know chat with us yeah feel right in send us send us your cards and letters <laughs> postcards um now in terms of legion news uh First thing before we even get into a release is any news, Adam, that you're hearing about, like a Legion of Superheroes return to monthly comics. Uh, you know, not a damn thing, actually. Really? Not even Bendis <laughs> no. teasing it, like it is bullshit. 
I haven't really been paying attention. Maybe there has been, but you know, last I heard, he was waiting for some artist to open up. You know, we know Ryan Suk probably won't be back. Um, What's he so waiting yeah, for? An artist, artist to open up? What does that mean? Like, uh, you know, become available, I guess. Ah, uh, oh, I see. Right, okay. I was yeah. like, what, opening up their business or something? Um, yeah, no, I see. For their, <laughs> for their schedule to clear up. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I did see he's probably doing a OMAC book coming up though. Ugh. Which, um, you didn't read it, Dave, but there was this Legion of Superheroes Millennium series that teased all these different futures that led up to the Legion of Superheroes. Right. So maybe when the Legion comes back, it's going to kind of continue on from this pointless miniseries that he set up. But That was not. the miniseries that had the, was it the Rose character aging through the yeah, centuries was, or something? Yeah, it was her being immortal and going through time and we never really got any resolution of why or classic why Bendis. Care about that. Classic yeah, Bendis. Yeah. And she <laughs> and in classic Bendis style she popped up for like five seconds in his Legion run doing almost nothing, you know? Right. And if cool. he, you know, picks up on those things like go back and, you know, have a lazy day, Bendis, and reread your Legion run and then you can kind of pick out the things that you need to get back to because yeah. so far I feel like there's been well, a lot left hanging. But, I'd yeah. say, yeah, oh God, I hope Bendis isn't the one who does Legion. Like, I'd almost prefer almost anybody else to be writing Legion. You know, like, honestly, I just think his Legion, I mean, I, I, I've said it every time, but it was just so flat. And the only thing going for it for me was the fantastic artwork, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, uh, issue by issue, I didn't hate it. But then once I got to the end of a run and I was like... Well, what the fuck was happening? Like yeah. nothing really happened. <laughs> yeah. So are we are we like one hundred percent positive that Bendis is the guy that's going to be doing it? Like, is that confirmed by DC? I mean, I assume so since he's the one that keeps on teasing it, unless he just knows and is teasing it because people keep pestering him just to be a prick. Yeah. No. It's <laughs> well. I mean, considering it is Bendis too, you think if he wants it, they'll give it to him. You know, because in their logic, whatever Legion sells you know, he, he'll bring some of his audience to it. So that's their logic, yeah. but I, I guess I... Look, I don't know. I, I just think my other logic is there was just so little bounce on that title that I could have, you know, I just... Uh, look, if I wasn't doing a Legion of Superheroes podcast, I'd be struggling to justify reading his Legion. And I like... <laughs> yeah, and I, and I like Legion, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I genuinely like Legion. I think they're a, a great team, but... If I was just going on the quality of his run, it, there was nothing to drag me back, kind of thing. I, I would almost wait for. Yeah, I'll agree guy. with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, um, I will say uh, his checkmate series. Uh, I think the last issue is going to be solicited this month, so that means maybe we'll see the Legion show up next month. Like, maybe he's got like a a two comics per. Uh, Two comics at a time contract or something, so maybe after Checkmate wraps, that's when we'll see Legion oh, announced or something. Normally, but... he, he's famous for just spamming the fucking universe with his shit comics, like Naomi <laughs> and well, everyone else. He got a he he got a con his you know the thing with his contract apparently ended, which was like this really sweet deal when he came over, right? And they didn't renew it for. I mean, this is what I've heard, not yeah. that I know it for fact, but I've heard that you know it didn't get renewed for this crazy deal that they gave him. Good. And uh, so now, you know, he's probably going to do less books, right, and get paid less. So. He, he, well, that, surely that'll mean that... I mean, one thing I do write about Bendis, he's all about the dollars. Um, that might push him to do more creator-owned. I mean, surely he's in a pretty good 
place financially by this point. Like, with the sheer amount of books that he's got out there, um, you almost think he mm-hmm. could... Like, you know, and, I, and I'm no Bendis, you know, huge supporter, but, I mean, he has a lot of product out there that sells well. And if DC didn't renew that, you know, that really sweet exclusive thing dearly had, I mean, he could well be one of these guys who goes to Substack or, or just does a lot more stuff with Image. There's nothing really holding him at DC if, you know, if they're not going to continue with that. Because it wasn't a huge part of it. Like, it was a really good creator-owned deal at DC they offered him. That was, like, one of the biggest points for him to leave Marvel. Yeah, and he's, uh, they've taken his books, his creator-owned stuff off of the DC, like, section on Comixology or whatever. And Really? I heard where they're moving it, but I forget where they're moving it, where he's setting that up. Wow, so he's, he's like, so he is leaving, it's leaving DC, really? Well, I mean, his creator-owned stuff is that, yeah. you know, that contract ended, so he can take his stuff where he wants, but wow. he can stay at DC probably, just, you know, yeah. Wow, that's weird, isn't it? Like, So that really tells me that the whole thing wasn't the huge success that everyone had hoped, like sales-wise, obviously. Well, this is a bleeding cool rumor, and I know people don't like bleeding cool, so I'm going to throw that out there. Um, but uh, apparently the DC came in with this huge bid to get Bendis mm. initially. Yeah. And Marvel, around the same time, was like kind of second-guessing him. So it's like they probably could have got him a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> is kind of what I hear. But again, just a rumor. So. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, look, I mean, again, like not not a massive Bender's fan, but at the same time, you've got to sort of play the ball in front of you, and he he probably did the smart thing to to jump. If you get a huge, like, let's face it, at, at that time in Marvel, he was, it felt like very worn out, like the 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 audience hate was going off him, and then you draw the direct competitor, literally, you know, kind of might you know double your rates and come in with this sweet creator own thing. I mean, almost anybody's going to jump then. You know, it it wasn't like he was in sure. his pri- it wasn't like he was in his prime at Marvel. It was kind of it felt like he was kind of rehashing stuff. Uh, right? And, yeah, and yeah. he's he'd done everything, right? Yeah. So maybe Bendis. Oh God, please, like leave DC, go and just do. Like I've got nothing against him pumping out all the creator own shit in the world that he wants, because obviously some people will enjoy it. But I just want him off the main DC stuff. Like I want him off Justice League, and I want him off Legion. Because I, I just feel like any kind of rising new writer, I'd, I'd be all more interested in their take. Because I've, I've seen what Bendis has to offer. You know, so I've read so much Bendis, I, I know kind of like w- what he's going to do. And I'm sort of like, no thank you anymore. That's where I am. Well, I guess I agree with that. Um, but you talked about Substack earlier. Mm. It almost feels like with Substack emerging, yeah, that... Um, it's almost now more than ever become where any writer with any amount of, or I guess writer or artist, I should say, mm-hmm. with any amount of heat on them don't need to work for the big two anymore. So, you know, we already went through the phase where people like Ed Brubaker can take his mm-hmm. skill and go somewhere else and do his own thing mm-hmm. and not need the big two. But it used to be where people would go to the big two to make their name. Yeah, build their where, audience. You know, yeah. yeah, but now it's like you have guys like, uh, James Tynion, mm. who is really kind of fresh to being a big name, but he's already able to make that jump out and go to Substack. Yeah. Um, where it's like he's kind of a mid tier to me still, even though yeah, he yeah. is a sales juggernaut or whatever, comparatively. But uh, 
it just seems like now <laughs> DC and Marvel are going to be kind of taking this emerging talent and then this emerging talent's going to be leaving as soon as things kind of heat up for them. Yeah, I think it's kind of fast-tracked what was already happening. Um, and, I mean, who knows? The other interesting thing is this Substack thing. They've obviously thrown a lot of money at some big names in the comic sphere. Um, and you, you never know how these things will pan out. Like, you never know how these kind of businesses, their longevity, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it, that. but again, like James Chinian, uh I respect a lot, and I think he has that association with Batman, so a lot of Batman readers know him very well, and Batman readers, like, even if you don't, follow any of his creator-owned stuff and nothing else. If you just know him from Batman, he's been around the Batman franchise for a fairly long period of time. So most Batman fans consider him one of the better modern Batman writers of the last, like, 10 years, you know? Um, True. Like, maybe not the best, but he's consistent. I will say that for James Tinian. He's consistent, and a lot of people speak very highly of his creator-owned stuff, and we're going to do one of them on the show shortly, Something is Killing the Children, which I think sounds interesting. Um, so he has that recognition, so, yeah, and it will be, I mean, I'm, I'm following that Substack news with a lot of interest, and it wouldn't stun me if someone like Bendis went, that seems exactly like the kind of thing Bendis might do if, if he feels like he's all, he's all, if, if he can't get the money he wants at DC, why would he stay at DC? He, I'm sure he doesn't, he's not living paycheck to paycheck with the amount of books he, he's got in print and the amount of, you know, deals he's got going on with you know, frankly, all these crappy characters, like, you know, he's just got so many of them that I'm sure he he's pretty comfortable. And then if Substack, he seems like the exact kind of name our Substack would target kind of thing is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, for sure. So we'll see what happens. But, like, frankly, for me, I, and again, I like, if he went and did that, good luck to him. Like, I always wish creator good luck. You know, I don't care... I, like good luck to you if you know that's your career, but but to get him off Justice League and Legion, I would be so happy if they just replaced him with someone else. Like, you know, say, uh, yeah, man, it's been a long time since we've had a good Justice League book. Like, <laughs> feels like ages. And I've read plenty of of you know mediocre Justice League since, and like I just sometimes think to myself, how are you getting this so wrong? Like, it's such an you know, it's it's literally like the collection of the the great heroes of DC and you can swap them in. Like, I, I, to me, it's just such a golden opportunity, that book. You you know, you, you don't always have to have Big Seven. You could just have, like, Big Five and two extras. Like, so a writer could say, I really want Plastic Man. I really want Vixen. You know, and yeah. then mix them in with the rest of the team. But That's it's my preference. Yeah, but it's just, unfortunately, like, I guess we had Snyder, who was just, I thought, woeful. On the, on the, on the you time. know, I like bits and pieces, but whenever he got into that whole epic thing he was trying to do, then no, yeah. I tuned out. Yeah. But, you know, there was little parts where he'd do these little issues based on the um, Legion of Doom. Like, the Legion of Doom would take over for an issue. I thought those were kind of more fun. Yeah. Um, but Tinyan wrote some of that, honestly. Uh, I think the problem is uh, a lot of people, you know, since Morrison, and Morrison did this very well, mm. where Morrison would do every arc as basically an event. Yes, um, and then Johns did that too, and I think he did it to lesser success. But I still think it was better than a lot of the other stuff that's come since Johns. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of people—I don't think that's what you have to do with Justice League necessarily. Like we have plenty of other event type stuff going on, or standalone books with DC characters that we don't need 
uh, an event every month in Justice League. Like you've been enjoying the JLI stuff recently. Love it. Which is very character focused, right? Yes. And it's like let's do a little bit of character stuff. But or, or I mean, I guess shorter, you can't or shorter. You got Batman. Shorter yeah. story arcs. Like I don't like I don't care if it's exciting. It's Justice League, so I mean you need big threats a lot of the time if you're going to have all the big characters, but shorten the story like that that would be my advice shorten the story limits down because someone like Snyder I totally understand Snyder's probably got some decent stuff mixed in but whenever I checked in with it and I checked in with it like four or five times it was that never ending saga with the fucking Batman who laughs and it, it was just like this just feels so boring because it's just been going on for so long um, right, and he was just, it was basically the interlude before Death Metal, right? Like, he did yes. Metal, and then he did that, and then Death Metal. It was all one story. It's like, yeah. It wasn't even a good story. No, what, and that's the thing. It wasn't like it was this amazing story, because if it had been, people would be talking about it like they talk about Morrison's Batman or something, and say, you know, vital and omnibus. But I'm like, for me, I'm like, it's one long, boring story, and I'm just going to yeah. delete it from my memory. Yeah, it's interesting. Um that would be my advice, tighten the arcs up, because Morrison, when they say that, a lot of his arcs weren't super, super long, you know? Um, right. You know, he, he only did about, people forget this, his run is only about 45, 44 issues, basically. Mm-hmm. It's not the longest run in the world. It's a big omnibus, but um, a lot of his stuff, and, I mean, Morrison had a had a tough hand that he dealt with very well. He had... Blue Superman, Blue Electric Superman. He had Carl Rayner. Um, he had all sorts of things going on. Hippolyta, Wonder Hippolyta, Woman. yeah. And he had events that weren't his events, like Genesis, kind of like ducking and weaving. Like, he he wrote Justice League at a very challenging time to be writing the big book like that, mm-hmm. and he did it almost perfectly. Now, I'm not expect. I know everyone isn't Morrison, and that was one of Morrison's best mainstream works, in my opinion, but... Yeah, I, I, I honestly think you can learn some lessons, and you might not like this, Adam, but I think you can learn some lessons by reading some old Justice League and some 70s Justice League <laughs> and Morrison's, because Morrison, you know what he did? He actually is on record as saying this. He took a lot of inspiration from Gardner Fox, in that Gardner Fox wrote, wrote very plot-heavy um, Justice League. Okay, so very minimal character work but plots that actually worked and resolved themselves very quickly. So Morrison came in and put obviously more character in and put more of the modern flavor, but he really based it on that kind of Gardner Fox style. And you can, you can see that when you read them and you're like, wow, that was a two parter that just felt epic, you know, because yeah, fair. He, yeah that's fair. Yeah. It was, I'm, I'm talking more about the mechanics of storytelling. That, that's, uh, that's in Morrison's autobiography, I believe where he talks about that. And, I'm sort of saying that I, I'm like, rather than saying I've got a 20-part story, why not focus on doing a really good three-parter and then and then do another good three-parter? And that's kind of how Morrison did a lot of his run. Like, it was these mini-stories that were actually quite epic and put all together, it, it was amazing. So mm-hmm. that's, I'm just putting that out there. Um, almost anything would be better than whatever Bendis is doing, who I assume is doing what he always does, like slow storytelling lots of you know dangling plot sort of things and just taking forever lots of quippy dialogue and lots of standing around talking and just a lot of issues going very slowly down the road <laughs> yeah I, I couldn't get into it i gave it a couple issues and yeah 
I was kind of just like, I'm just not going to do it anymore because yeah, um, I've read too many comics that I don't enjoy enough to have paid yeah. for them or well, that's right. spent the time on them. Well, that's it. Okay, so now talking about uh, some releases for uh, Legion, there's a, what, five years later on Monobus 2 coming out, Adam? Yeah, I just thought we'd mention that for you Legion fans. Uh, the first Omnibus came out earlier this year. I didn't pick it up like an idiot because... You didn't pick it I, up? It's, big, it's a big volume. I saw it in stores. Yeah, it's pretty hefty. Um, I didn't pick it up just because I wasn't sure if we'd get the second one, honestly. And, really? you know, by not buying it, I probably made it uh, less likely that we would get it. But um, Dude, you should I'll always it do it. You should oh, always my. pick it up. Like, that's when one of my lessons... If you like, um, if you're interested in the omnibus, and you know you obviously got the cash and everything, always grab it because you'll regret it then. Otherwise, you have to then wait a long time for a reprint a lot of the time. Yeah, so I'm hoping I can still find a, a deal. You know, not probably as good of a deal as I could have got, but a decent mm. deal. But yeah, this next one has oh, Jesus, 18 issues plus. So it collects all of the uh, Legionnaires. Uh, uh, stuff and mm. valor and you know it's got all sorts of shit in it so it's right. really complete for what is you know necessary for the main title i guess so wow yeah. i i um that was an experience when we read it on the show the five years later i was just i was <laughs> like i was like i remember by the end of it i was getting it more but when we started yeah. it, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it was yeah. really... Well, it doesn't help because they had that reboot, and then they rebooted again, like, in the first few issues, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, it was... Uh, that must have been challenging at the time. I would think so. You know, I had trouble when I was reading it, but, you know, I've grown to really love it to yeah. the point where it's, you know, something special for me. Um but yeah, wow, I'll probably but, pick did, up but not enough to support it as an omnibus. <laughs> it's so <laughs> well, so Dave, special. <laughs> I, I own three omnibuses and I've spent okay. no more than twenty bucks each on them. Right. I'm not an omnibus guy. I am. Um, now I can tell you, I'm just while we've been talking, I'm looking on the Amazon. This is the US site. It's on sale now for one hundred and eighty-one dollars and eighty cents. That's, that's, I think that's more than cover price. That's I guess that's Australian dollars. No, that's US. This is this is the US site. I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just went to Amazon. That's the only place I've gone so far. Okay, that's it's, bizarre. Yeah, I found a decent deal on it on eBay. They actually had a buy two, get one free cool. omnibus sale, and it was already less than cover. So yeah, do that. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I only have a few omnibuses. That's why I kind of passed on it. Um, I would have been more likely to buy it if they did it. As a series of trades or hardcovers, just because sure. it's less money at once. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 What What are your other omnibuses? If we can just If we can just peek behind the curtain. Uh, let me guess. At Green Lantern, Jeff Johns. <laughs> no, I do have the Sinestro Corps War. Okay. Absolute that's, Edition. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, but as far as omnibuses, I have DC One Million. Great, um, great omnibus. I've got that. Great one. Yeah, I got it for a hell of a deal. Uh, half price books. Uh, but anyway, the other one is uh, the new 52 that collects all the first issues. I know you'll probably give me a hard time about that one. Yeah. And the other one is yeah. the DC New 52 Villains Omnibus, which I got for cheap. So, Oh, yeah. oh I also They're have Orion bad. by Walt Simonson. They're not bad. It's funny that you've got two New 52 ones, but I mean, um, yeah. no, I, 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 I think that New 52 number ones, it's, it's worthy of a place on the shelf for sure because it's a moment in time kind of thing, you know? Yeah, and it was a big time for me, honestly, um, getting into comics, where I, you know, started buying them off the shelf rather than 
the bargain bins. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'll probably hold on to that one for sure. But the villains one was uh, was a good sale. <laughs> I, I read a lot of those villains ones at the time, like a lot of the a lot of the stories. There were some good ones. Um, there was for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, just wrapping up a couple of quick points. I just wanted to mention what if the Marvel show. Um, just while we got you uh, on Legion, um, I mean, it was what if Agent Carter? <sighs> Excuse me, I'll edit that out. So it was it was what if Agent Carter was the first Avenger? And I said to um, Michelle, "What if the Avengers were a lot less popular?" Um, for me, look, I enjoyed the story, but I thought the animation was appalling. I really did. Yeah, I. Uh... Didn't get through the whole episode just because, uh, just didn't get through it. But Lack anyway, <laughs> the animation was a bit off at times, for sure. Mm. Um, no backgrounds, no, no backgrounds, and that kind of weird, sort of almost painted style of the faces. I, I just, I, don't, I was like, is this really the best you can do, Disney? Like in twenty twenty one, with all your fucking money on a Marvel? Yeah, thing, I mean, know? I was never expecting. I guess like the quality of say, uh, what's you know like. Uh, Big Hero Six or Incredibles or something, but uh, maybe not yeah. that level. But but I was expecting at least like a professional like kind of. I, I just thought it was really cheap looking. And this is Disney on fucking their Marvel brand. So if they're ever going to yeah. spend money, surely this would be the time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of what I've experienced with this Disney stuff overall. It always just feels like just short of being something special where it just doesn't feel quite polished enough, you yeah. know, with the the other shows like Loki and WandaVision as well is kind of what I'm meaning, I guess. Right. Yeah. I'm but a, um, my sister you said you liked very... the story, right? I didn't. Look, I'm, I'm a sucker for a what if, you know, like when I first got into Same. comics, I one of the first things I bought, I was buying Iron Man and I got what if Iron Man was a traitor and it told the story of Iron Man, you know, um, sort of being an agent of whoever the guy was who, you know, got him in the, you know, put the thing in his heart and all that stuff. And I always thought they were brilliant, you know, conceits, and, and I just love the idea. So I'm kind of bummed that it's only the cinematic universe because I, I, I'm, I'm like, man, there's so many good what-ifs with the Fantastic Four and that kind of thing. Like, Reed Richards is all through the what-ifs. Um, yeah, I mean, we're getting the FF, though, and then getting yeah, season two of this, so maybe they'll get one eventually, but yeah. I see what you mean, where you could almost adapt those comics um, yeah. panel yeah. for panel. Um, yeah. I collected those a lot, too. Uh, my favorite was always the ones with the biggest body counts. Yes. Um, Atlantis oh. Attacks was a fun one where pretty much everybody dies. Which one was that? <laughs> it was Atlantis Attacks. Like, okay. I forget what this... What if Atlantis Attacks... Something well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what if no, the heroes no, lost? There, there are lots of good ones. Yeah, no, look, but I, I love the idea. So I'm down for the show. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll keep watching it. But I, I hope that the animation is better in other episodes because I have heard that they're switching the animation styles around for different episodes now. Why? I don't think they are anymore. Oh, no. Maybe. But really? Originally, they were all supposed to be different animation styles, but maybe they are still doing some. Maybe you're right. Ugh, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm going off something I half read. Like, I, I'm oh, not okay. I'm not happy. Yeah, the story was fine. I mean, I've, I've got no problems with, like, the what... That's the whole point of the what if. Like, the, you know, it's... It's like, what if Agent... I, it's weird to me that you'd lead with Agent Carter, to me, not the biggest character, and... Again, though, we're in 2021, the Me Too movement. They're sort of like, okay, we've got to push our strong female. Um, 
you know, and, and Agent Carter. I know she's popular. I don't mind her, but to me, it's a weird one to push out first, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, maybe they're doing it because it's um, just as far as the timeline, you know, she takes place in the 40s, so maybe it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I guess I have, well, well, earlier today I saw a list of what all, like, the episode titles were. Yeah. But now I can't find it. But there was some that intrigued me. Like, there's one about um, the Vision and Ultron, so it'll be like a what if on um, Avengers 2 probably, which yeah, that'd I be thought cool. would be cool. Yeah, like what? But, yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so like, what if Ultron won? I guess. Um, but my other question was, and because I didn't get to finish the episode yet, did it seem pretty standalone, or does it seem like there there's threads there that's going to tie these uh, stories together? I said to Michelle, I hope that they don't tie all this stuff together because I've got a feeling they will. Um, well, I think I've already heard that it's going to end with something called like the Guardians of the Multiverse or something. Right. Okay. And she'll be, like, one of the Guardians, and then, like, a character from each episode is going to be part of a new team. Why the could... fuck do we always have to have this shit? Like, <laughs> like what? what is it with fucking comic book stuff where, where no matter what, they're like, at the end of it, we've got to create a super team and have every... Like, it's like, why? It, to me, I guess I kind of agree with you just because it's like... <laughs> It just seems too big for where we've been with the movies, like to already have this. Like, how lame Sorry, would it be? Back. How lame would it be if fucking Agent Carter sort of hulked up, you know, turns up in live action? How stupid would that look? You know, that woman, Hayley Atwell, turns up and she's like massive, and, you know, she's <laughs> like, hey, I'm a guardian of the multiverse. I'd be like, I'm fucking out, is where I am. Like, this sucks. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it, actually. <laughs> Which, uh, she definitely wouldn't be able to get as jacked, though, I don't think, as she looks in this animated episode, because they made her pretty... Uh, look, pretty nothing jacked. against her, nothing against her, but I mean any of these characters. Like, I want my what-ifs to just be, boom, spin-off, you know, um, he, he's an alternate, he's an alternate, he's an alternate. I don't want... Uh, yeah, I got the feeling during it, because there's a lot of stuff with Bucky, like, where he's like, wow, I, you almost ripped my arm out, like, because he doesn't die, basically. Right. Yeah. Um I, and I was like, I wonder if they're going to... They're obviously going to do a Winter Soldier one, which I think will be one of their most popular episodes. Um, I don't think they will. Will they? I, they? I think Winter Soldier is... Yeah, Winter Soldier, I think, is in the promos or something. Or he's oh, in the, okay. I got it, you. There's an image of Winter Soldier, I think, in the, in the sort of like... Um, you know, title page or whatever. It looks like him anyway, so... I didn't think his voice acting was very good. No. Well, neither did I. But, you know, that's... You know, what, what do you expect? Um, well, it's just uh, funny because they keep the actor, but it's like, I guess in some ways, voice actors are better for this kind of thing because it's what they do. Hayley uh, Atwell was very good. She, she did a good job. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I would like to see The Watcher show up. Um, he's, he's in it. He's at the start. No, uh, yeah, no, I mean that I'd like for him to be the thing that would be carried over into the movies. Like, I know we oh, saw yeah. a glimpse of him in Guardians, but I'd like to see uh, uh, who's oh, yeah. the actor that plays him. Yeah, I don't even I don't know, know who plays him, but um, Jeffrey something. Okay. okay, I forget. Anyway, I would like to see the Watcher turn up in uh, the Marvel movies properly. He was in one where they where they picked up Stan Lee or something. Was that? Am I right in saying that in some movie like the Watcher? Yeah, he was in um, uh, Guardians Two. Your favorite <laughs> at the end with Howard the Duck or something. Am I right? No, it was like. Uh, 
when they're traveling through this ship, it's like they hit this button and it makes them pop out in a bunch of different places. And one of them, they see um, the Guardians and Stanley. Right. Okay. Cool. Is is that in a post credits? No, it's like in the middle of the movie. Okay. In Guardians two. Oh, I should watch Guardians two again. I've got the Blu-ray. I've got it on. Um, I've got it on Disney Plus. So I, I wouldn't mind checking it out again. Yeah. Okay. It's well, Jeffrey Wright. It's what I meant to say. Sorry. That's the actor. Okay. Well, he's the the voice of the Watcher is good, and yeah. I look. I'd be interested to see if. Like the the incident where Bucky lives, if that tailors into his Winter Soldier episode, I hope not. I I want them all to be their own sort of separate things. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, um, and also just wrapping up our last thing before we dive into Legion uh, Zero Hour. Um, just a very quick chat. I we were doing it on Signal uh, later uh, tonight, and I mean I, I read it. It's I mean, it's it looks great. Uh, but well, the reason I uh, wanted to make sure we chat about it is mm-hmm. because it's a pretty actually important story for the Legion. Lots of Legion, even though they don't appear in it that much. Well, I mean, it opens with the Time Trapper literally at the start, and it's got fucking um, lots of Cosmic Boy, and I mean they're in it. You know what I mean? Like they're they're bouncing around in it. Right, and I don't know something that you might not have noticed how important it was just because of how much page time it got in that event. But yeah, one it would be the first, the thing with the time trapper, and it revealed that uh, uh, Cosmic Boy is the time trapper, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is that in that I think it's issue one, which mm. would actually be like issue four, yes. but it's called issue one. Uh, that's actually the Legion dying, like they're yeah. dead, they're wiped out. Right. right, and then the next time we see them is the reboot. So that's the end of our original Legionnaires. I was going to ask you that question because it did seem like a death scene. Do, do they get brought back though? Like, because that's the classic Legion, isn't it? Like classic Saturn Girl and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, right. Like, so they die there, but then they don't ever get brought back until, uh, you know, the Jeff John stuff that we right. did, which is like right. uh, Lightning Saga. Yeah. Um, but so there, they're not. Yeah. Um, so basically it was the five year later team that you saw die in zero hour. Mm. But then when Jeff Johns brings him back, he brings him back, but he like brings him back from somewhere back in Levitz's run. Not, yeah, you know, like all the five year later stuff didn't happen to those Legionnaires. Gotcha. Anyway, I just thought that was important to shout out just because I don't think we'll ever cover that story, but, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. They kill off the Legion in zero hour, you know? Yeah, I, I really don't understand what DC were thinking. Like, we we need to kill the Legion. Like, what a weird sort of move, you know? Like, well, my argument would be, I guess, that we had the Paul Levitz run, and by the end of the Paul Levitz run, Paul Levitz pretty much writes the end of the Legion. Yeah. And then we do the five years later thing to kind of give it some space, and then by the t- end of the five years later stuff, we're so far removed from what the legion started out as yeah it was almost like what else are you going to do except reboot them for a modern era good point good point good point and 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 and, you know they're it's interesting i mean it's interesting that in i know the time trapper changes and at the end of zero hour you get a flash that it's a woman now with long hair yeah and i don't know what they there's a girl in the reboot stuff that it's hinted is the time trapper but right i don't know what he was trying to set up with that panel yeah um yeah just interesting look uh, as an event 
I, at times I was like, man, this is so hokey and wonky and just all over the shop, you know, like, but there were interesting moments and there was some nice artwork, but I, it was a bit of a mess of a story, frankly, in my opinion. For sure. But, you know, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of that. Like, I mean, like I said, even though, what's that? Starman comes out of that, doesn't he? Yep, yep. You saw a panel of Starman. Yeah, literally uh, one pretty... panel of Jack Knight where he just runs in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But the first issue or zero issue of Starman comes right out of there. Yes. Um, you know, we had uh, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, yep. was just coming around, and that's the first like time uh, we really got to see a big event with Hal Jordan. Yeah, Parallax. Moment. Parallax is actually I quite liked the Parallax stuff at the end. You know, as a Hal Jordan fan. And, right. and and in the nineties, I mean, I was a heavy Parallax fan because I was collecting Green Lantern. Um, so it was, yeah. I, I actually the 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 old nineties comic book reader who collected Green Lantern was like, oh, this is all right. Like right at the end, there's a whole held you know Hal Jordan kind of monologue and stuff, which was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and there's important stuff with Wally West there. You know, he yeah kind of discovers the Speed Force type thing. And it anyway, made me it, yeah. it made me think that uh, we should do a flashback soon. As well, because there was lots of Wally West and there was Impulse. Yeah, and we got a good volume coming up. So, yeah, yeah. maybe we do that after um, Dread or Dead. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, overall, so no interesting interesting times. Now, turning to this Legion of Superheroes. So, I've got my issues here. I believe it was, it's obviously the Paul Levitz run that started in 84. Um, this is issues 46 to 51 and Annual 4. Correct. Um, that would be volume three for those at home. Volume three for those at home. Interesting cover on 46. Probably not the kind of cover I would have personally chosen. Um, but You mean the artwork yeah, or the, the... Yeah. The design or, and... Or the, the style, I guess. Yeah, the, the style's a bit different. Yeah, not really a fan of it. Um, especially when you go inside and it's very conventional kind of, you know, comic book artwork inside, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And do you want to take us through the beginning? Because I was well, the first thing I said. I saw these guys swearing, and obviously one of them is Brainiac. And I'm sure yeah. you could probably tell who the guy was or girl was with the bracelet. Um, but... So yeah, yeah. We start off with this oath, and yeah, to your point, we can tell Brainiac Five is involved, and um, you could probably assume Monel. I wasn't sure about the bracelet because I don't think she normally wears that. Mm. But maybe she wore it like once or something, and that's what they're hitting at. But anyway, we have Paul Levitt's writing. Uh, Greg LaRoque does a uh, main chunk of the art on these issues. Pat Broderick comes in and helps. And then we have the return of Keith Giffen. Yes, in issue oh. 50. Yeah, and Barry Kitson does the annual, I should say. Mm. And someone else, too. And the first thing anyway. I said to you was, like, am I supposed to know what this conspiracy is, or is this the mystery? And you were like, this is the mystery, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think you weren't supposed to know at this point, but I think there, you know, how Paul Levis does the A plot, B plot, C plot. There yes. might have been a few teases before this, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, do you want to take us through this issue, uh, yeah. Adam? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was um, started on then. But yeah, Monel says on on your oaths, then we shall do as we've sworn, even if the Legion itself is destroyed in the process. So we know they have some kind of plan. These. Four individuals some that have gotten together. Plan, some sneaky plan. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we know they have this kind of oath, and uh, that's what will be. That's kind of the main plot through these issues. Mm. But then there's this boring plot with uh, Starfinger also. I didn't mind uh, it. 
Stop. <laughs> really, I just I find him pretty lame. I didn't mind the plot. He I guess, is lame. But... He's definitely lame. Yeah. But but I I like the way he's got the women that come out. I was confused with what was going on there, but it was interesting. Like it is. It, it, look, I, I thought it was interesting. It, like it was kind of more savage than I expected. The, that that plot. You know, it, it was a bit more hard hitting than I expected. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, we see Polar Boy is the leader now. He's mm. been a, joined the Legion, and he's uh, talking about how he has all the Legionnaires back on Earth in case he needs them. Uh, except for Chameleon Boy, he's off planet uh, because he's the head of the Espionage Squad, so he yes. has some extra powers. Um, so yeah, that's something is that Chameleon Boy is uh, in the Constitution. It says Chameleon Boy is always the leader of the Espionage Squad. That's cool. Which, yeah, makes him a little special. And it seems like the Espionage Squad hasn't been doing that much recently because later on they're like, it's been two years since we've been together or whatever, you know? Who's that? Uh, the, oh, yeah, the Espionage Squad. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah. 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 The Espionage Squad is kind of quite divisive amongst itself. Like, they're, you know, they're sort of like the Special Ops Squad, but they're not on the best of terms with each of their members. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not sure if Dawnstar was actually supposed to be a member or just helping them, but yeah, for sure. They didn't get along with uh, <laughs> Dawnstar. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying it was, it was quite funny. So, um, yeah, but it's intriguing. Like, um, and how the fuck did Polar Boy win a vote? Like, he was a Legion of Substitute Heroes guy, wasn't he? Yes, and you know me, I'm a huge Polar Boy fan, and there's this really cool issue where he joined um, the team. Yeah. But then after that, <laughs> and after he became leader, he probably had one of the worst terms as Legion leader because first, he was leader when Superboy died. Yes. Which, you know, wouldn't I wouldn't want that on my record. And then now he's the leader through this story. And it's like, geez, Polar Boy, you're not doing so hot. No, Polar Boy for me, a weak leader, frankly. You know? It was well, weak, see, I would know. say that he's a controlling leader, which would be his weakness, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but that's part of managing a team. You need to know when to step in and when to step back. And man management or woman management is an important role. And he seems to lack as far as I'm concerned, you know? Yeah, it's it's a little heartbreaking for me because he was always a, a favorite. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I love it. That's funny. Um, I did like See, the artwork on Chameleon Boy when he's going undercover. I really like the storyline of Chameleon Boy going undercover and getting in the um, getting ensconced in the criminal network. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, in Starfinger 2's criminal network. I think the artwork here is uh, Pat Broderick. Uh, on those fill-in pages, yeah, uh, we see style. the couples: uh, Monel and Phantom Girl, and Shadowlass and Mon <laughs> Ultra Boy. I, I got those mixed up, but yeah. those four characters. Yes, uh, and we see Monel has to take off, and we know that it's part of this conspiracy, but we yep. don't really know why. Yep, and um, it's kind of funny because it, it is kind of funny. He's kind of almost a bit sort of mopey. Is it? I've been carrying around grudges and neuroses for a thousand years and one of them i've got a chance to do something about tell polar boy i'll sign him when i get back to earth whenever that is and he's just out of there you know right yeah so this isn't too long after uh superboy died right yeah so we kind of understand that he'd be a little Tenchi. mopey but yeah he's got yeah. he's carrying some demons on his back man you know for sure yeah 
Um, but then we see the Legion Academy, which I love. The Legion Just Academy. Just want to say, but... Shadowless looking good in that um, in that bikini that she's rocking for sure. Yeah, for sure. Phantom Girl is looking a little more conservative even yeah. than her yep. normal costume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then we've got a good bouncing boy. Uh, a Joe Damsel segment with this fucking guy, Atmos, who's just such a prick, you know? Yeah, like, I hate his mohawk. I hate how yeah. he, like, doesn't have a torso. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. like Atmos. And he really wants in the Legion, but they don't think he's good enough. But, uh, yeah, I enjoy this stuff with Bouncing Boy. And uh, it's Girl. always good to see Bouncing Boy, who later on in the in this run suddenly grows a mustache out of nowhere. And I wasn't even sure if it was Bouncing Boy, but he uh, uh, looking at these issues, he doesn't have a mo- mustache, but like later on, he does. Yeah, when Keith Giffen comes back, one of his things is like redesigns and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he's like, yeah, we give Bouncing Boy a mustache. That's, that's my redesign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they were trying to really grow things up in that last year, I think. But um, anyway, on Rimbor... Which is Ultra Boy's home planet. Yes. Uh, that's where Chameleon Boy is undercover. Uh, he's basically assisting them with their crimes to earn their confidence. Uh, meanwhile, um, Dawnstar is tracking him. Mm. They're trying to catch, or, you know, he got sent, she sent, uh, sorry, I'm tongue tied. Um, Dawnstar got sent to track down Polar Boy yeah. with her tracking abilities. Uh yeah, we know that Colossal Boy is injured here. Badly. Uh, I think he got injured by Starfinger like the previous time they fought him. Right. Okay. And that's where he got like the because I was gonna say how long had Colossal Boy been like this with the bad legs and all that? Um, I don't think it would have been for more than like uh you know ten issues or something, right. five or six maybe. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, we also see Sunboy is still a bit of a horn dog. He says yeah. he's got to run. He's taking a beauty to the stars tonight. So. <laughs> Good old Sunboy. Yeah. You know, and it was sad to see Colossal Boy kind of struggling. By the way, I did my back yesterday, and my back is still sore. And, I, and as I was reading it, I could really feel for old uh, Colossal Boy. He's really struggling. He's struggling to walk and everything. He's trying to work on his legs, do a bit of leg work. Um, yeah, I think they said they had to like uh, rebuild some of the tissue in his leg or something so he got damaged pretty bad so is that in an issue of legion where he gets hammered so badly yeah yeah so you know it within like eight issues of this they had already fought starfinger right and that's where he gets injured i think if i remember right the, the same starfinger who they're fighting in this one yeah the same guy with yeah. the ring and everything yeah, yeah. okay cool all right cool um yeah. i want to draw your attention to the decadent scenes on Rimbor on page 23 um, mm-hmm. if you look where it says Rimbor and then you look over, if you look at the panel with the woman with the purple, then there's barely anything covering like her whole body. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, where I was like, I like it. Like DC are really kind of stretching <laughs> their legs here with the, with sort of what's allowed in, in these comics. I, I liked it. I was like, hell yeah, it's, it's all happening. <laughs> She's a bit scandalous. Uh, she kind of looks like Deja Thoris from the, John Carter it almost, Yeah, it almost looks like it could be body paint as well, you know, as opposed to, yeah. like, regular costume. I was... It, it drew my attention. I was like, oh, I like Rimbor. It's all, it's all going on. <laughs> I feel like you and Rimbor would get along well, dude. Yeah, for sure. It's fun times <laughs> at Rimbor. Then we have um, lovely... But, gee, the artwork's 
fantastic, man. And um, yeah, this is the Pat Broderick stuff. I, oh, I love it. And then you turn the page over, and you've got um, I won't get it all right. You've got Ultra Boy, and mm-hmm. is that um, Phantom Girl uh, in the white sort of disco mm-hmm. outfit? Yep. I, I've got to say, I want to. I honestly think that this is a peak of Legion, where it's like Phantom Girl in that outfit and Dawnstar. I just think that they're just hitting it out of the park in this period when it comes to the artwork and the look of the characters. Like, I know it's very 70s-influenced, but I think it really works, you know? Yeah, for sure. They were, um, you know, just great designs, and that's why yeah. they stuck around for as long as they did. Yeah, that's great stuff, man. I, 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 think, I find it a pleasure to read when you've got a strong storyteller like Paul Levitz and this kind of artwork and designs, it's a pleasure to read. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, this is uh, Pat Broderick, actually. He's uh, recently, I think, said that he's doing work with either Chuck Dixon or Mike really? Barron. So, oh, you sweet. Know, he's, really? He's with those guys. Yeah, he, he does actually check out his Facebook sometime. He does this, okay. these really cool uh, Western pages, and they're all, like, just pencils and inks, and they're, uh, I don't know, he uses a lot of lines. It's very interesting looking. Yeah, okay. Check it out. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so Phantom Girl uh, is looking for Chameleon Boy with her phasing powers, and she finds someone, but he gives her the warning that uh, he's undercover and that he's okay. So she leaves, and yeah. she lies to her friends and says that she didn't find him. But Yeah, but like in fairness, like he does give the signal, and then yeah. she gets them out of there. So it's like he made the call and she agreed with it. I don't really have, even though the mission went bad, that was his call to make as the undercover operative. You know, don't blow my cover, basically. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. But um, I guess the the issue would be like, was it okay to lie about it? But yeah, if well, her not lying about it was going to lead to them going against his wishes, then I agree. So, I don't know. I guess that's she the have, I mean, idea. She could have, like, I mean, if we want to take the drama out of it, she could have lied to get them out of there and then told them the real truth when she's back on the ship. Like, he didn't want me to Which lie. I think is what she did, right? Yeah, well, that's right. So, I'm like, it's not really a lie. Like, in, You're on it, Team Phantom Girl, then. Well, I'm just on the <laughs> moment where I'm like, if, if the operative is saying, don't blow my cover, and it's his call as the leader of the espionage squad... And so you clear the others out of there who are barreling around the planet making, I'm sure, lots of noise. So, and then later on you say, okay, you know, he, he told me not to blow the cover. That's why. I'm like, that's okay to me. I mean, that's a call you make in the field of battle almost, you know? Right. And, yeah, I think with her there's that espionage squad loyalty uh, that comes into play there too. But, yeah, I agree with you, honestly. I don't. I like the espionage I thought Don Star was being a little snotty. Yeah, I like Dawnstar, but her head's in the clouds. You know what I mean? Like, she's... Literally. Yeah, she's constantly sort of philosophizing amongst herself. Like, she's a bit of a lone wolf. Like, I like Dawnstar. I don't want to don't want to give her too much of a slam, but, like, you know, she can chill out a little bit on this one. <laughs> yeah. Other I members would seem to be more angry than her, though, as well, wasn't it? Oh, wasn't really? It? We'll have to get to it then. Yeah. I, I thought it was mostly her that was giving maybe, her a hard time. Maybe it was, but Dawnstar, you can chill out, you know? Yeah, yeah, chill out. Um, and next we see the Legion headquarters, and I wanted to shout this out just because, you know, I love these things where we just see the Legionnaires hanging out. Yeah. Uh, we see them playing this weird game with boomerangs where it's, like, such a small detail, but yes. the fact that the artist, you know, took the time to create this sport 
Yeah. Which never really gets explained. It's just kind of fun for me. It's fun. And who you got? Um, what's his name? Block, and he's playing. Is that who is that? He's playing. Is it Timberwolf? Yeah. So that's Block, Timberwolf, and Magnetic Kid. Even though he looks like Cosmic Boy. He does look a lot like Cosmic Boy. Yeah, that's very true. He's his brother. He took his costume, but yeah, didn't take the name. Ah, and he was evil at one point, wasn't he? No. Oh, okay. not sure what you'd be thinking of. I'm confusing him with someone else. Okay, that's all right. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. There's other, you know, magnet characters, and there's also Cosmic King, but he's that's, a different character. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So Telus is going through, and uh, he says uh, he or he's talking with Saturn Girl, and Saturn Girl is a telepath, and Telus is a telepath, and she's looking kind of very hot, very hot in that pink tight number when she's rolling through like the blonde bombshell. Yeah, you like that? Oh, I do uh... like that a lot. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but but like, I've got a question. When yeah. when Tellus is saying it makes life here much less lonely with another telepath to attune with, and she goes, "Thanks, I suppose." Bye. Why? Wh- like, Thanks, I suppose. Bye. It almost seemed I think... like she had a bit of edge to her. I, I mean, well, I think that's because she knew that she had a secret that she didn't want him to know. Gotcha. Right, yes. Right. But he didn't yeah, read it. Like, she says, wasn't blocking. Yeah. She wasn't blocking. Yeah, I guess she kind of let her guard down, and he picked up on the conspiracy and knows that she's involved. Jesus, good work, So that's kind of what sets up this arc, right? For, for such an experienced character, I was like, really, Saturn Girl? Like, you blew the fucking thing by just walking past Telus, like one of the lesser fucking Legion characters. Like, Hey, there is no lesser Legionnaire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was kidding. Like, he is. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you, bottom of the barrel, Legionnaire picked up on Saturn Girl, who's one of the founders of the Legion. Like, come on, Saturn Girl. Like, try a bit harder next time. <laughs> anyway. Portellus. Portellus. All right, do you want me to keep going with the next one, or do you want to take the next one? Um, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, you can you can, okay. you can, can wait in. Um, so it, it starts out with um, Telus Waddle in asking my advice because he discovered a conspiracy within the Legion. So this is this is um, who is this talking Joe Damsel, isn't it? Uh, did you skip one or did I skip one? Forty-seven. Oh. oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I did skip one accidentally. Yeah. Okay. So what have we got here? Oh, yeah. It starts out with a cold open where these things crashing down. Um, the Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting Tower, uh, and we have a, a whole selection of Legionnaires. Now, who is that in the blue? Is that, is that, um... That's Lightning Lass. Lightning Lass, so Lightning, okay, uh, yeah, okay. We've got Telus, um, it's not Cosmic Boy, even though I thought it was, it's, it's his brother, right? Yeah, Cosmic Boy and Lightning Lad have retired at this point. Okay. So, yeah. And Timberwolf, yeah, with the big sideburns. Yep, and it's the annoying Quizlet as well, um, yeah. and yeah, just fantastic artwork of the of the tower crashing down, um, and they're trying to put the fire out. Uh, there's some interesting stuff. There's a funny one where it's where Quizlet has an idea: jump into Metal Timberwolf, make it into hose connecting to sea, and he's like, "For a change, Quizlet, you had a decent idea," and um, <laughs> and then they're all trying to find out who started the blaze, um, and then it's kind of amusing the the tower is going to crack off, and you have... I thought it was Cosmic Boy, and I was surprised that he couldn't do this. And and Telus also stuffed up with his telekinesis, and the thing was going to was gonna fall over, and then Timberwolf supported it 
Uh, and uh, right, see, I thought that was Cosmic Boy, and I was like, "Well, he doesn't have the power to do this." But yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. we do see Cosmic Boy later, but uh, he at this point had retired, and he actually started the subs back up after the subs had been disbanded right. uh, by Polar Boy when he joined the Legion. But he, um, Cosmic Boy and his girlfriend Night Girl uh, started their own team of subs. So. Nice work, Polar Boy. The second you're out of the fucking like you know minor leagues, you shut it down. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like fuck you. He, like the second he's made into main membership, he's like, we don't need the feeder team anymore. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, tell us. Oh, look, I mean, yeah, he's lame, but like he's he's decent in this storyline. You know, like he he moves the plot along. Um, yeah, and it's nice to have some legionnaires that look a little different, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so. Talos is saying there's a conspiracy at work within the Legion, and worst of all, I believe Saturn Girl is one of the four conspirators, and he's like, I don't believe it. And I actually thought this was Cosmic Boy the entire time. And, and um, so I didn't realise that. And then um, it flashes to... Yeah, it, it flashes back into deep space. I admit I lied to you, Dawnstar, but it was a personal decision. I think Kim Million Boy is entitled to hand an espionage squad in his own way. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. He can handle the mission. Um, but he's the leader of the espionage squad, so if he's if he's saying don't blow my cover, you know that's his call to make. Yeah, and it does seem like Don Star is like uh, would have interfered, so she probably made the right call. There's a really funny um, comment though that Don Star does make when she goes, "Do not bother asking her to apologize, Ultra Boy. I should have remembered that it is against my people's way to argue with our elders." <laughs> yeah, a uh, bit of an edgy little comment, and then and then he's like, "Dorney, <laughs> let's not let's get out of control." <laughs> I love it. He's trying to play peacemaker. <laughs> yeah, there's about to be uh, some cat fights. Yeah, he's like, "Come on, ladies, settle down." <laughs> it, was, I th- it actually made me kind of chuckle when I read that. I thought it was funny, and the the, the image of Dawnstar, you know, hands, yeah, arms crossed. You know, she's like making the little kind of bitchy comment there. It was pretty funny. Um, and then we're on Ventura. Nothing. This waged, is the gambling planet. Yeah, nothing waged, nothing gained. I like Ventura. It's kind of like the Vegas planet. Ventura and Rimbor is where Dave's going to be hanging. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I mean, it shows more of the stuff with Chameleon Boy going undercover. Um, and he's, he's doing a thing where. Um, it's the old classic undercover storyline, like how deep cover and how many laws and stuff is he going to break to get to the heart of this criminal conspiracy? How deep will it have to go? Yeah, and he's trying to figure out if uh, the Starfinger is actually still alive mm. or if he's being, uh, you know, just used as a figurehead. And yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And um, look, I mean, I, I I enjoyed this stuff, and he's do, he's doing all this stuff like. Substituting people's uh, credit winnings and stuff like that, and he's cashing mm-hmm. out. Why? Why does it say when when he goes out and and he goes he gets cashed out, and the guy goes so soon, sir? I regret your losses. So is that just him? He had a number of chips to the table, and then he brought back a lesser amount. I assume. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Because otherwise, yeah, why would the guy, said, if he was cashing out? Why would the guy be like, I regret your losses? So unless it just means that, like, what kind of, like, guy behind the He counter? probably assumes, like, if you're leaving that quick that you just weren't having a good time. Gotcha. Right, yeah. Okay. Maybe, you know. Yeah, okay. And then he goes, and modest, compared with how the holders of the fake credit subs 
I substitute Will feel when they try to turn them in. They have that guy behind who's getting dragged out. You know. Yeah, I feel like that guy might get hurt. Honestly. <laughs> oh well, I mean, he's he's getting kicked out of the casino. Yeah, I mean, for sure, that's definitely happening. He might lose a hand. You know. Like a... Yeah, but there's a chameleon boy. He shouldn't be all right with that. Yeah, well, it's all it's all in the. Sometimes when you go deep cover, <laughs> man, you know, when you go deep cover, you you, you can break certain laws, uh, to you know, for the main mission kind of thing. It's kind of I like suppose. undercover cops and stuff. They often they're often doing drugs and stuff with the with the with the young um, people. You know? <laughs> true. They true. are. They are. I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen Training Day. You've seen Training Day. You've seen what shit goes down. Um, what a fucking day that would be. First day on the job. Jesus, I was like, yeah. fuck, fuck this. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're then we're back on the uh, ship or at Legion headquarters, and what a fantastic uh, dream girl. Uh, yeah. I don't know who, who it was, if it was uh, if it was Pat Broderick, if it was Greg LaRoque, whoever drew that dream girl. <laughs> it's like they've been waiting their whole career. And you've got White Witch there in the background, who I also like. Yep, this one's Greg LaRoque. Greg LaRoque. And it does look like Greg LaRoque from when we did The Flash. Because if yeah, you remember, yeah. I really enjoyed his Flash. Um Mm-hmm. Artwork. It's very good. Is that your damsel there with the black hair? Uh, no, that's uh, shrinking violet. Shrinking violet. Sorry, yeah, okay, yeah. I do yeah. like shrinking violet. Shrinking violet kind of constantly talks about how bad her power is, but I'm like, it's no worse than like the atom, you know? Like, yeah, I guess that's the thing though. When you look at the Silver Age, like they were giving the girls powers, and they were all defensive powers right or like uh sure. so she could shrink you have one that could oh i now have the power of two girls or i can phase three, through things three, or three girls you know even lightning last they took away her powers and they gave her light powers instead so you well, say supergirl white witch white witch has good powers dream girl yeah, she, has good she powers. was like more of the 80s than, yeah okay uh, yeah dream girl is also like you know not really a she's awesome yeah, but, you know, in the Silver Age, they were mostly written pretty passive, I guess. Is yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the times, isn't it? You're like, yeah. that's like, you know, the that's the times, man. It was the 50s, dude. Chill out, man. Like, Dave, <laughs> Dave was happy listening to some Frank Sinatra, going down to the, what's it, what's it called again? The, the soda pop store or whatever it was called? Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of the, um, how Wonder Woman back in the early JSA stuff was their secretary. Yeah. <laughs> You have the Adam who didn't have any powers and was like five feet tall, but then Wonder Woman was the secretary. I was just, yeah. that was funny. But Adam can shrink down and go in the phone lines and all that. Not the original Adam. He oh. didn't have any powers. So he's just super lame. I know the guy you mean. He was really crap, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But that's back at the dawn of fucking comics, man. You know? Like, I know. It's just funny, though. You know, you still have Wonder Woman who could... You know, bench press yeah, like just, fucking yeah. <laughs> shitloads. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, that was that was full on like just sexism, like massive. <laughs> you know, like well, let's be honest. Like, I do think things have changed a bit now by when Levitz is writing them. Like, I think he fleshes the characters out pretty well. For sure. Know, for sure. You know, really. Yeah, Dream Girl is one of the you know more interesting characters and smarter Hell yeah. characters. Hell yeah. Shrinking Violet is becoming uh, you know more. She's cool. uh, yeah, you see her working out and stuff where she's getting buff and Yeah, she's getting buff and yeah, and then and I also like the way that these characters are like, you know, they'll talk down their own powers, like you've got Invisible Kid too, 
Like they sort of make a storyline out of them, even though they might not be the most heavy hitters in the team. You know, in terms of yeah, powers. right. Like we see how useful they are later when they yeah. uh, are on their espionage mission. Like I've got to be honest, I don't really like this invisible kid, this French one, like that much at all. Like he's not one, of, but but he's good in this storyline. You know, um, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we have now. Am I right in saying who is this woman? Is it Sensor Girl who's talk? Yeah. Who's kind of and you were saying that was the kind of Supergirl analog for a while when when they got rid of Supergirl, wasn't there a sort of thing where they were sort of pretending that that might have been Supergirl still or something? Didn't you uh, say yeah, that was kind of the theory at the time when they introduced Supergirl was that it was going to be Supergirl, but yeah. yeah. So she has this ability to sense, you know, um, anything. So she's able to sense what's going on. Apparently, is kind of the thing. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, no, interesting character. Um, sort of seems to be outside the main Legion sphere. Seems to be doing her own thing a lot of the time. Um, and then we... Yeah, I think she had some popularity from the whole mystery thing. Right, okay, yeah, cool character. Um, then we've got old Polar Boy, you know, and, and heavy uh, rest of the Real ground. quick, I should say that, you know, Sensor Girl is also Princess Projectra, who you remember her husband was killed um, really? in that one with all the villains, right? Yeah, that's just projection. Okay, so you must have missed this when we did the mystery about um, the Sensor Girl storyline we did. Uh. Um, they reveal it was Princess Projectra had uh. left. Um, yeah, I was uh, thinking about Yeah, she left to go off and rule her home yes. planet, yeah, yeah, yeah. but she came back to the Legion as Sensor Girl. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, okay, it just doesn't seem like Princess Projectra. Like the. the... Nothing about her seems like Princess Protector, like her characterization and stuff, you know? Yeah, well, she went through a lot with her husband dying, I think is what it, they would say. Okay, yeah. Okay, convenient. Um, <laughs> then we've got our Polar Boy, who I really don't think is is genuine leader material, frankly. Um, <laughs> you know, and then you've got... He some, led the subs. He, yeah, he led the subs, man, and that's probably where he should have stayed. And then you've got um you've got some boy going. If you're finished ruminating, Polar Boy, can I exit the polymer shield now? <laughs> it's like some boy's giving you a bit of shit. Yeah. Um, so I'll, real quick, I'll say I think Jeff Johns had much more respect for Polar Boy than Paul Levitz did. But yes, I agree. you know, Paul Levitz is still the all timer. But just that's all. Well, I you know, Paul Levitz is great at moving pieces around the board, though. You know, he I think he gives every character. Uh, you know, a moment and gives them a bit of story. You know, like he, he I don't think Paul Levitt's kind of trashes characters. I think he kind of like, he takes them for what they are. He might elevate them, but he uses them in the storyline. You know what I mean? I think he's, yeah, he's sure, one of these yeah. guys who, he's great at moving plot along. Um, and then we've right, got the scenes right. on, on Mars, uh, which is kind of a mission that's going. And I love these guys with their full like visor, sort of like sunglasses sort of look mm -hmm. they've got going on. It's a cool look. I wouldn't mind rocking one of those if I was in the future. For sure, um, and yeah, and then they've got the the Legion code and my principles, or banning my efforts of so long. Delightful, um, and yeah, it's it's crazy. Like it's it's like how far will he go to maintain his disguise? And then he says he, yeah. he's killed something, um, and uh, he's like, "I'm back. It's done. Yeah." My orders uh, said I was to witness the death, our refugee, and I don't disobey, don't disobey orders. Not healthy. And then it's cool how he forms himself to be the bug. And yeah, then, to bypass them. Yeah, to bypass them, and then he changes into the corpse. 
and then he changes back into the bug again, and then he's just standing there. That was a cool way to sort of like trick them, I thought. For sure, yeah. Um, thinking on his feet. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was cool. Then we're back at Nullport with the horse character, which I that character I love, you know? Yeah, yeah. Me too. What's what's his name? Um Herneth. <laughs> he's just cold like he's just always complaining as well. Like he's yeah, like yeah. saying he wants the full fleet between them and the, the Kuns. And um he's just always compl- like he doesn't get much play, but he's always complaining, like <laughs> Yeah, for sure, and then Monel is the one that comes in and protects them. Where there's Kuns yeah. approaching where they are, and he says something like, uh, "You know, uh, might as well do this because I'm already going to be in trouble from the other thing I'm doing." Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, seems to be teasing a bit of a Kund storyline coming up. Yes, indeed. And um, and then we flash to it's shrinking Violet who's just working out, isn't it? Big time. And, yeah, um, and you can see she's gotten quite buff. Yeah, um, she's doing, not so much the shrinking violet she used to be. Yes, indeed. She's doing like the full bodybuilder pose in the mirror. Telus mm-hmm. is just there. And now when, when he's, she says, almost done, Telus, and he's like, yes, thank you. Is that because when he's in the water, you can't swim in the water with him? Because he's like, weird. Almost done, Telus. Yes, Violet, thank you for waiting. Yeah, I guess she just wanted the pool to herself. I don't know. Right, no, they couldn't share the pool. Like it's like big, it looks like a big enough pool that two people could swim in it. You know. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> like fucking oath, shrinking violet. Like, also, uh, what's she going to be wearing? Is she going going in topless? Because yeah, possibly, possibly, maybe she's wearing a you know a, a little top underneath the shirt. I don't know. I mean, my imagination, I prefer her to be going in topless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just Dave asking the big questions as always, man. You know, like yeah. Legion's a sexy book. It wouldn't it be know? funny, yeah. uh, you know? At Paul Evans, hi Paul, how are you? Uh, in issue, <laughs> in issue uh, forty fucking seven of Legion of Superheroes, was uh, Shrinky Violet going to be going to the pool topless? Question mark. <laughs> kind regards, David Finn. Um <laughs> yeah, Man, I give you a hundred dollars if you got through to Paul Levitz with that question. <laughs> yeah. Hi Paul, big fan. Uh, <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Um, yeah, no, interesting stuff. And then it's kind of funny when you turn the page and you see, uh, um, God, who is it again? Who's trying to infiltrate? Who is the character? Chameleon boy. Chameleon boy. Yeah, and he's got the thing over his head, like just like, like he's got a towel <laughs> yeah. over his head. Like it's not the world's most advanced fucking thing. It's not secure at all. For no, sure. It's not secure at all. Like, you can imagine trying to walk with that as well. Like you know, like across this fucking canyon with like there's like a little canyon in the middle of like a looks like a really rocky surface. Like yeah, it also it. looks though like it could be like a an old towel and it's white. Yeah, it where does. You can, like, it does. actually see through it. You know. Yeah, like... it does. It really looks like they've cheapened out. I think, and then you get to Starfinger, who I did know from previous storylines. I feel like we've done a storyline with the original Starfinger at some point on the show, like back in like like Mike Grell or Jim Shooter's days or something. I, yeah, I yeah. Feel she we kidnapped. Um, he kidnapped uh, Duo Damsel at her wedding. Right, and he's also the one that replaced uh, that made um, Lightning Lad. He right. hypnotized him and made him serve as Starfinger. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah. So what's going on with the power set with the head? Like, what is that? What is going on there? Um, uh, you mean the head on his... Yeah. Like on his... top of his head? I think it's just supposed to show, like, this is Chameleon Boy, you know? It's not like an actual power thing. 
No, no, no. No, I mean... Um, no, no, oh, no, I see. No, Starfinger. Oh, okay. Starfinger's like globe. I don't think that's really a power or anything. It might just be to conceal his uh, identity, but also is like... Oh, right. I don't know. Just looks cool, I guess. I also like the two women that he had here um, that come out of the ring. Yeah, I don't really understand um, what his whole deal is. Are they his but, projections? Yeah, uh, like... Because when he's in the ring, it's like they're almost like his fantasy women. Or but were that were they in the ring originally? Like I think they're more like genies or something. Like right, they're not something he created. They were there. They're cool and they're evil as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're that's pretty. Sp- See, this is the kind of thing that I think you could do a really good story with now. Like, there's so many yeah. things. That, like this is what I'm saying. Like. Like, everyone's obsessed with world-building with Legion, but why don't you just give us a couple of kind of cool plots, like, that yeah. sort of, do- like, focus in a bit more, rather than trying to build the whole United Planets and blah, 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 blah. Focus in on some cool story beats, like this kind of stuff. It's it's cool, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could do more with this and, you know, maybe find out a little bit more about what the deal is, you know? Yeah. I, I want a couple of these, you know? <laughs> yeah, and they're kind of evil, which I like as well, because like it's they're not like they're not weak and spineless. They're sort of happy to serve him and do all sorts of crazy shit. And I'm like, I, I kind of like this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to these powers. Why can't I have an evil ring like this? You know, can you imagine the havoc yeah. I'd get up to? You know? What's that? The havoc I would get up to if I had a couple of like little evil genies <laughs> to do my bidding. I can imagine, yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. I'm not sure if they're evil or if they just serve, you know, the master of whoever is wearing the ring. But Well, yeah, in this storyline, they definitely go all out for him, big time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and it is it is good, though, with this undercover. I, I enjoy the undercover storyline when they're like, we've, we've all been through it, Ref Jeeve. Do not let it frighten you. You're in the inner circle now. You should be wealthy, powerful, or dead if you try to betray him. And then he's like, or I'll have the last laugh and see you all in prison cells on Labyrinth. And I like the way they've got his face, like how evil he looks. You know, like it's 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 so cool, like the undercover sort of style stuff. I, I like it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we go to, uh, who is this who's crying for off for Colossal Boy? Um, yeah, because he's mm-hmm. gone. He's he's gone off planet. Yeah. Yep, and that's his wife. And, and was Colossal parents. Boy the one who's? mother or something was like the um, president or something like that. Was that Colossal Boy? Yep. There you go. So that's her, the president. I, thank you. I dragged Former that. President. Are you impressed that I just dragged that one back from the archives? Always impressed. Thank you. And um, and <laughs> I've got a question in the next page. Why is, are the, is sort of, why is it sort of Titan-esque figures in the 31st century? Like there's like a Nightwing, Raven... Kind of like almost like a Starfire-looking one. Like, what's going on? Is that just like a hollow thing that they're? Um, these these are the Legion Academy members. Uh, nobody that's really that promising of a prospect, but right. Yeah, the one. Uh, her name's Nightwind. Um, she's not. You know, they're not really tied to anything. I don't. I don't even know which one you mean, Nightwing. I well, guess you're yeah, talking about the one that's see, blue and purple. Got, like, you know, Nightwing on the left. Well, he's got the Nightwing kind of like disco oh, outfit. Oh, right. Yeah, like, he's called the Westerner. But is it just a coincidence that you've kind of got Raven there as well, like a Raven-looking character and Nightwing-looking character? Yeah. Was that it just is, the yeah. Was that just the artist having a bit of a lazy day and just sort of like this will be fun? <laughs> you know. Yeah, I actually never really made that connection, but yeah, I guess um, I know the Nightwing. She 
she could possibly predate um, Raven, honestly. Right. But as far as the Westerner, I think just kind of a cheesy design. I, I almost kind of think more of Judge Dredd when I see him because of the helmet. Yeah, but I, I, considering there's Nightwing, and if you look that character with Raven, it looks very similar to Starfire in some ways, you know? Yeah, true. I can see that. Yeah, I, I just think, think it's just... I just think it was a bit of an artist joke, you know what I mean? Like, like Possibly. Yeah. I, yeah, I always just kind of thought of these guys as a bunch of nobodies, honestly. But yeah, now that you're pointing that out, I could definitely see it being like, uh, yeah, in joke. Yeah, in joke, that inside baseball kind of style stuff. And I mean, that's why you've got me on Legion Outpost for this kind of penetrating observations. Gee, I like Bouncing Boy. <laughs> I, I, I really, I get a kick out of him. And you know why it is? Because he reminds me of my favorite era kind of thing, like the 60s and stuff. Like when I see him, it, it takes me back to more innocent times, you know? Yeah, we should try to do uh, a couple Bouncing Boy stories next time. Do it, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we've got Joe Damsel. All oh, right, this is where this is where Telos comes in to talk to Joe Damsel, and um, she's like, "I'm glad you trust me with this, Telos." When he tells her about the, um, you know, the the conspiracy, and she goes, "No, but I didn't teach you that most Legionnaires realize we're Legionnaires for life and think of ourselves that way, and that's certainly how Salinger was thinking of me that day." I love it, and it's like da da. Yeah, I do like the whole Legionnaire for Life thing. I thought that was cool. Oh, hell yeah, man. Like, Legionnaire for Life for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And you can see her bracelet there from yes. uh, the Oath. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... um, And it, as we go to issue 48, which I'll leave with you to do the next couple, but um, actually, no, I'll leave this one to do with you, and then I'll do 49, you do 50. Um, okay. But uh, again, not a huge fan of the cover. Um, I, I just don't think that that's a cover that sells books on people who aren't already familiar with it. You know, what do you think? Um, you know, I, I've kind of grown, you know, I'm just kind of used to seeing the covers, but it's definitely a different style that I'm used to, but you know, I can appreciate it. It is very, but yeah, I see dis- your point. It is very distinctive. I will say that, you know, yeah, like yeah. You, <laughs> you see it and, um, you're like, okay, well they've definitely made a big choice, you know? For sure, yeah. I probably prefer the uh, 46, which had all the different Legionnaires. And yes. It was a little more colorful. But yeah. Now, Greg LaRocca is the uh, artist on this one. Gee, Saturn mm-hmm. Girl looks pissed off where she's like saying, damn. And she looks really, <laughs> she's got the shits. <laughs> yeah, she's a little pissed off that uh, she's how this conspiracy got out. I've got a question um, for you here. Um, mm-hmm. Saturn Girl, is that a mini skirt and then legs underneath, or is it pants underneath, kind of like a sort of like almost like a mini skirt? Like, what's going on there? You know, I'm not sure. I know, oh, I know originally it is pants. When you look had... at the next, when you look at the next panel, she's wearing definitely purple pants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it's kind of like a homage to her original skirt look, but obviously it's too short and revealing to be a skirt. I don't awesome know, it's kind of a weird it'd, thing. It would be awesome if she was, like, just rolling around in, like, <laughs> that kind of a miniskirt. Like, Saturn Girl would be winning a lot of leadership ballots <laughs> if I was Yeah, she had, to, she had to one-up the bikini from before. <laughs> um, yeah, good stuff, though. I, I love this conspiracy. I mean, it's it's awesome. And a time to die, it says. I also like the way the Legion, you, you can tell what year they've written the comic in because it's just like... Um, it's like 2988 when it was like 1988 when they wrote the comic. I think it's cool. Yeah, that's always fun. Um, yeah, except for five years later where it would be. I yeah, guess, they, they uh, fuck, they, yeah, they fuck it up. They, they fuck it up eventually. But I mean, when they do it properly, <laughs> I like it, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're kind of discussing bits of the conspiracy. Um, I don't think they really give anything away yet, so there's not much to go into, but we know that Monel's on the search for a power source, and he finds a little white dwarf star. It's pretty interesting how he gets right in there. It's it's pretty cool, actually. You realize how powerful Monel is. Like, he's full on Kryptonian. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, exactly. That was kind of what I was thinking. And also just the fact that he was able to transport it and that <laughs> Brainiac 5 thought he was going to be able to um, contain it, you know. Yeah, it was a pretty ambitious uh, uh, goal from Brainiac 5, frankly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but then we see a bit of Starfinger. Um, these guys in front of him, uh, they always call each other like the Arranger, the Armorer, yes. the Treasurer. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> and they're, they're always talking amongst themselves or refer to each other like that. Each of them has their own department. They're very, they're very sort of corporate. Like this is a question. This is a question for the arranger. This is a question for the armorer. Like, and they're all. But what I love is like they're all just like little peons of like the evil Starfinger. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they're all like dressed the same, where you couldn't even tell them apart. With the visors, um, though. I mean, I love these visors, yeah. man. You know, <laughs> I'd love to walk into the tennis court with one of those bad boys on. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lock the sun right. Throwing back to the eighties. I wear sun sunglasses. Um, on court all the time because you know my eyes are very sensitive to the sun and I need them for my eyesight. So I I, I bought myself a pair of um Oakleys that I wear on sports Oakleys that I wear onto the on the nice. court now. Oh yeah, man, I roll on and I'm just like that's right. Yeah, we get playing with somebody who knows what they're fucking doing. You know? <laughs> yeah, you see, I normally wear glasses and I don't ever do like the attachment or conversion for yeah. sunglasses. Right. But we went to Hawaii and I wore my contacts for that trip. And I was just like, my God, sunglasses are like the most, the greatest invention of all time. They're fantastic. I, I wear them all the time. My eyes are quite sensitive. Um, yeah, I wear them. All, I wear them all the time. Put it. I put my Deadpool cap on and put my sunglasses on. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to roll. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready to make this shit happen. Basically, <laughs> killing it. Yeah. Um. So we see uh, Telus and Magnetic Kid are kind of talking about the conspiracy. They know about it. Uh, and Sinister Girl comes in, and she also knows about it. Mm. Um, but she forms like this bubble in her room where um, it just blocks out anybody be able to monitor them or sense what's going on inside the area. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, yeah. She's got pretty cool, uh, you know, better than just her normal projection powers. Good, I feel like good artwork Girl. as well. The thing, though, is, man, like, between you and me, I, I, I think she's a fucking cool character and it's great artwork, but you know who I don't see as being this character? Princess Projector. I just don't see the linkage, you know? Well, I mean, the whole thing with that story arc was that whenever she... I feel like whenever she became queen, it kind of, like, enhanced her powers where she not only could do projection, but she could, uh, like, affect all senses. Right, but, yeah. okay. Is it the costume design, I guess, that you're, is your issue, or the powers... No, it's the characterization. It's it, not oh, the costume. Okay. The costume design is fine. I get it. She's got a different costume, and it looks great. I, I just don't see the linkage. You know, it just feels I like... I don't know. I mean, there. this is the character that, after her husband is killed by Nemesis Kid, mm. she looks him in the eye and snaps his neck. I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, okay. that's that's pretty hardcore, you know? Yeah. But I, I support her in that action, if you recall. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying that yeah, okay. I think that was right. a moment of change for her i mean she is royalty yeah yeah. would be my argument all right fair enough man 
Um, yeah. I like it. I like the, I like the character. Don't get me wrong. Like if I was like a kid and collecting characters, you know, in terms of like action figures or something, I I'd want a sensor girl figure. I think she's cool, great design, and and a cool character. It's just I I just have a bit of a disconnect with her being Princess Projector, but. Maybe I haven't read enough Princess Projector. I just picture a very different Princess Projector. When I think of Princess Projector, I think of her and it was Karate Kid, yeah? Yeah. And she was on well, the I medieval mean, planet and all is, that stuff. So yeah. often those characters, the female characters, were written very passively. Right. So it's not really till Levitz came around where she really did develop a personality. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, you know, the main thing that it spins out of is, like I said, that one with the death of Karate Kid and then the one where they reveal her identity would be kind of what establishes her persona because before that, you know, she was just a girlfriend, you know, just a girl. Yeah. All right. Fair enough, man. <laughs> I, I, I liked her. I liked her even before though. It wasn't like I didn't dislike her. I mean, we, yeah. we say all this shit like they were so passive, but like, I don't know, Saturn girl, you know, Prince of Projection. Some of these were my favorite characters, you know? I, I, yeah. But I mean, we never really did a lot of the silver age stuff yet. We've yeah. done some bronze age, yeah, but yeah. Nice. When did Dream Girl turn up? When was her debut? She was in the Silver Age. Um, uh, she kind of came in for a story, and then she left to go off, and uh, she came back when Starboy came back after he killed that guy. Right, okay, cool. So later in the Silver Age is where she was really heavy. But yeah. Fair enough, so late Silver Age. And, and then we've got... Um, who is it who's, who's doing this... Who is this guy in the in the purple outfit who's doing um the monitor board? That's Element Lad. Element Lad, right? Okay, yeah, got some. That is, I, I, you know what? I love it when sometimes they refer to it. They do it a lot, actually. They go, you know, this and that, Element Lad, and they say their names. I'm a big fan of that in such a big team book like this. Yeah, I guess you're right. They don't really say anything to really indicate who he is. Uh, but you know, uh, come on, Dave. You're, you're you're a professional now, Dave. Come on. You know. You <laughs> well, I mean, I get it because there's so many different costume designs and stuff that yeah. it's hard to keep up. And so, and it, especially when we're bouncing in and out of the different runs, at times I struggle. But but in general, I think Paul Levitz does a very good job of saying the name kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, if it's an important character to the story, like in this case, Element Lad really wasn't that important no. to the story, but it was nice to get you know some screen time. You know, some page time. Give him some love, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, we see Monel's coming in with the dwarf star, and he's just like destroyed a bunch of the headquarters <laughs> there. Uh, and Brainy thinks he's can contain it, but he can't. No, Bra- Brainy like was kind of punching above his. Brainy's suffering a big crisis of confidence in a lot of ways in these issues because of what happened um, with Superboy and everything, isn't he? He's really sort of like you know. He's not at his best kind of thing. Well, yeah, I think his thing is that he thought that he had conquered time and time travel. Yeah. And then he found out that it was all just a manipulation. And so that's kind of his big thing. thing. Thanks, I don't know. DC editorial for fucking up Brainiac 5's fucking mission. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's made a good uh, It made a good story here. It though, did right? make a good story. So I mean, don't get Dave started on that kind of stuff. But I'm as disappointed as Brainiac 5 is in the events that transpired. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> um, but we see, uh, I think actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think there was some kind of mandate at DC around this time where there was supposed to be no more time travel or something. Right, so, yeah, okay. That, that also helps. 
Um, but yeah, they're so like, we're see... cracking down on time travel, writers. No more time travel. <laughs> yeah, and the Legion's like, what? <laughs> like, like uh, yeah, Bra- Bra- Brainiac 5's writer like, pops his head up. Do you do say no time travel? What about the time bubble? <laughs> no, no time bubble. <laughs> it's like, you're like, oh, okay, but we can still use Superboy, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't. There will be no visits into the 31st century or the 30th century from now on. I'll be watching the plots very closely. <laughs> so funny. Well, I mean, I guess uh, Paul Levitz was probably editor at this time, or publisher, or whatever he was, so I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, we see Above Earth, where uh, Chameleon Boy is working on his whole mission for Starfinger. He's supposed yes. to steal a Legion ring. Mm. He doesn't want to give him his own ring, because then he won't have a ring. Yes. Um, we see Element Lad's girlfriend, who works for the science police, coming out. Not that it's important, but just a little FaceTime. Yeah, no, but it's, it's nice to see her, though. I think she's cool. Right, yeah. It could have been a random guard, but they used a character we know and like, so yeah. there we go. Yeah, and um, I, I, and then we've got the hijinks that are going on. He's getting the thing that all goes crazy. Um, and then back on, you're amazing. You're containing an entire dwarf star inside your device. Actually, Southern Girl, it's being held in a tesseract. There's primarily an adjacent dimension from which the solar energies are being extracted, but either way, it's an inherently unstable situation. And then it, that goes crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. That goes absolutely yep. nuts. And it basically explodes, and Monel has to evacuate it. Yep. Yep. It's, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it is interesting. I kind of enjoy it. Brainiac 5 is such a high level intellect and has so many successes, but he also has some failures too. You know, they sort of. They don't. They yeah. don't dance around that. I. I sort of appreciate that. I. I find that makes it him even more interesting to me. You know that he's not always right. perfect. You know. Yeah, like uh, Computo back in the Silver Age was as big like Frankenstein's monster, yeah. and then they also had this whole thing where he's kind of lost his mind. He's a little crazy. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though. Like he's a cool character. You know. For sure. Yeah, I was crunching some numbers earlier, and I think he's one of the Legionnaires that have appeared the most. So. He's as iconic as, you know, Saturn Girl. Um, oh, for sure. Brainiac, know, Brainiac 5, yeah. I, I would say he's I would say he's up there with, I would say, Saturn Girl. I, I, I would think in terms of recognition, you know? Yeah, I think he, Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, and Lightning Lad have the most appearances, which, yes. you know, those were the founders, so they, of course, have been around longer. It but helps his green, The fact that too. Brainiac 5 is right along with them is... Yeah, and it, it helps he's green, I think, as well. And he's always been around since the Silver Age, yeah? So mm-hmm. he's so associated with... He wasn't on the panel that interviewed Superboy, was he, originally? No, no. Was that because he was off doing something else? Well, I mean, in their first appearance, he just wasn't created yet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. But, but then it was like in the second appearance, he was there, yeah? Uh, that would be something like, uh, so when we, when we do, if we ever do Superman Secret Origin, uh, by then they kind of established that there were other members around and Brainiac 5 was one of them. And he was the one that kind of scolded them. Like, you shouldn't be traveling through time. You're going to create a whatever time trap. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you know, time is going to collapse on itself if you guys do this. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. We should definitely do Secret Origin at some point shortly, I think. I think that's got to be on our short list, you know? Yeah, I had it as my pick, and then I was like, well, let's do Conspiracy. But, yeah, yeah no, maybe well, next time. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm happy to do it, man, whenever. 
Um, all right, so it's so funny the characters that, that Chameleon Boy turns into, like the sort of bunny rabbit with like three eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just doing whatever he can to get out of the. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, and then he turns into Chief Zendak, and he's able to boss people around. And they that think, was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Um, he's a smart guy. Yeah, he's like, get to the Arsenal officer. We need every SP we have searching for that intruder. Yes, sir, Chief. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Um, and then we see uh, Element Lad is trying to control the little son with his powers, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, and then doesn't Dream Girl kind of come in and save the day, or... No, she just comes in and asks for more help. But so Monel, by the look of things, we'd better get more help. And she buzzes someone, um, and then she has a bit of bossing around. Block, you help Monel. You're in vulnerable solar radiation. The rest of us can check out the damage to the headquarters and Branny's lab. I, I shall be glad to assist Dreamgirl. So she just does a bit of she does a bit of sort of like quarterbacking. Um, yeah, which is you know once again, uh, Paul Levitz seems to really like Dreamgirl. Look at look at Dreamgirl here on page. 24. I mean, look at the beautiful, like those legs. He's got really well developed legs. Great figure. Great. great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she could be more busty in that picture. She's normally more busty, but we'll accept it for what it is. Um, <laughs> great. What a character. Um, Dave, Dave gives his side of approval for the character. Um, <laughs> did they have, I've got a question for you, Adam. When, when you were like growing up and you know you, you got your dad's um, Legion comics and all that, did they ever do like uh, a series of like action figures or statues of Legion? Were they ever, you know, have DC done that? Like have you got like a lot of the action figures and all that kind of stuff? Um, you know, they didn't have as much back in the day, but they have done some now and then. Um, they had a, a line where they did a bunch of the Silver Age stuff, and I have a few of those. Um, the really thing they did, the really cool thing they did is. They did a big box that's shaped like their Rocket Clubhouse, oh, cool. and it has like twelve or thirteen action figures in it. I would that's love cool. to get it. Yeah, that no. See, that's kind of what I'm talking about. And would that have had Dream Girl? That can be. No, I don't think they've ever really done Dream Girl. And I'd like a statue of her, you yeah. know, Greg LaRoque designed <laughs> Dream Girl for just for Dave. <laughs> yeah. <yep. laughs> for you know, like yeah, that would be that would be good. Um, man, man, they could do a good TV series or movie of this, uh, Legion of Superheroes, you know, like, like, if you put the budget into it, I, I honestly think it could be as big as just any of these superhero shows, because there's so much interpersonal drama and action in the 31st century, you know? Yeah, for sure, you know, a lot of good character dynamics, um, cool powers. The problem is that they'd probably do CW, and it would just be, like... Teen yeah. soap drama, which I, I, the Legion actually does lend itself to a bit, but I don't know. Like, I wouldn't want it to be dark and depressing, so I'd almost take the CW approach over like the Titans approach. You know? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I mean, it needs to be bright and hopeful, and but then also have those, you know, the, you know, down moments, right? And the sexiness. It needs the sexiness. <laughs> For sure, yeah, for sure. The sexiness, for sure. <laughs> um, Are the Legion too sexy for 2021, though? Who knows? Not for me. They're just perfect. Um, yeah, like, you you can just imagine. Well, I mean, they didn't they do Dream Girl recently as the transgender um, character? Uh, yeah, she's kind of a different character. Like, her name isn't Nora, it's Nia Nall, and she's from the 20th century, so... She's like an ancestor you know, there's... Dream Girl. Yeah, possibly would be the explanation. Um so yeah, there's still a chance that we'd have the other Dream Girl, but yeah, um... bring it on. I want it. <laughs> I want it. 
Um, yeah, I haven't watched the show. I don't know if the other this new Dream Girl is uh, anything like the other one or not. But anyway, uh, well, she doesn't look like her. She's like got yeah. dark hair and blue. So and she's know. transgender as well. That's another difference. <laughs> that is a difference. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, yeah, big difference. Adam, let's not let's not discount that. Um, yeah, but I mean that's in Supergirl, yeah. Is that am I right? Or is yes, Supergirl, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Which uh, is wrapping up this year, so maybe in the finale of Supergirl they'll uh, tease. You know, I mean, not that I necessarily want a CW show, but yeah, I would watch it. Yeah, you'd you'd watch it in a heartbeat. And then we come through to uh, a point with uh, Starfinger failure. Mm-hmm. That's that is not a term I'm accustomed to equating with survival. A ranger. <laughs> it's like a bit ominous there with the old star figure. I like the way he's got the globe on his head. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. Like, is that a power or is that just like a costume choice to put a globe on yeah, your head? Yeah, I know. Like, I think it might be a costume choice. Mysterio style almost, you know? Yeah, and I've always loved Mysterio. He is cool. Um, yeah, and then we've got, this is where I got confused. So he's talking and then you've got this character in the bed and take this a legion flight ring uh transported from one of their tombs on shanghala marvelous what an inspiration doctor thank you Starfinger. and then and then you see um chameleon boy goes by the waist those eyes dr Hazeg, he's really colossal boy i was like what like there was no uh, unless I'm mistaking it, there was no sort of story pages devoted to Colossal Boy going undercover and becoming this doctor. Um, the only thing was that uh, Chameleon Girl or his wife or whatever was saying how he went missing. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, I always thought this was a weird choice. It's odd. You know, one that he went undercover. Like, we've never seen Colossal Boy do anything like this. And... I just don't really think he's capable of it, to be honest, but would be my take on him. What is going on with this Doctor? Like, how come the Doctor is kind of like in some weird sort of unit and he That's looks his like disguise. paralyzed or something? Like, Well, it's probably supposed to cover for the fact that he can't walk because he okay. had his leg damaged by Starfinger. Right, okay. So, okay, but Starfinger didn't know the Doctor previously. But am no. I right? Okay, because I thought he was impersonating someone who started uh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah, I see okay. your point. Yeah, I, you I would, you. yeah, you're like, when when was this all set up? Like, has he known this guy for years? I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay, no, I understand. Yeah, but you are right. It did feel a bit out of Colossal Boys. From what I've read of Colossal Boy, I was kind of like, well, Colossal Boy's taking shit up a notch by going so deep cover. Um, yeah, and it's just like, Colossal Boy, you're not, you're not that smart to me, like, Pull this off, and I don't. Ultimately, he's not that smart. I don't no, think. In this he, well, he, he scenario, completely but... fails. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a noble attempt. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he, his heart's in the right place. He 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 tries hard, but no, he he. It, it's a complete failure of a mission. Like, yeah. I used to always really like Colossal Boy because he was one of the legionnaires that I felt looked more like me, oh, and also I the fact it. that I liked his power set. Yeah. But now I'm just like, you're pretty worthless. Colossal boy, like. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's you know, he, what's his power? He grows huge. Yeah, that's it. Or is it is it that he shrinks down? Is the power actually, isn't it? Doesn't well, it in some it? versions, they say that he's actually a giant that can shrink to normal yeah. size or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and is he super strong? Like, how, where is he on the strength level? I, 
I mean, he's as strong. He's his strength is proportionate to his size. You okay. know, if he grows. But my thing is just like in all the stories, I think it's just people don't know what to do with that kind of character. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can't have the giant guy come in and solve all the problems all the time. Yeah. Is yeah. probably what he's a victim of. But anyway, oh, we should also mention that uh, by the end of this, um, the Legionnaires have confronted the conspirators. Yes. Yes. At least in some in some form they have. Yeah. The day of reckoning for the conspirators. Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if you have the letters page in your issue. No, I don't. The only letters page I had was, I think, the, one of the last ones. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, in 48, there's a, a ballot to elect the next leader. Oh, really? Yeah, and we only see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, Who 8, is- 9, 10, 11, 12. There's only like 23... Uh, people on the ballot so by this time you know obviously we've left a lot of our legionnaires you know a lot of deaths a lot of retirement i'm voting for dream girl or saturn girl that's my vote uh well they lose censor girl wins oh censor girl are you kidding (laughs) you just said he likes censor girl i don't mind it but she's a lone wolf when i when i think of a leader i i think of someone who can inspire the troops you know and she actually has a pretty good term uh but you know the thing people are is voted on by the readers, right? So she's yeah. going to be popular because of the Sensor Girl mystery that people yes. had been reading, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Look, I don't mind Sensor Girl. She's pretty cool. Um, I yeah. just... Uh, but, hey, but well, I'd be consistent. I'd always be voting for Saturn Girl or Dream Girl, you know? Well, uh, Saturn Girl had a couple terms yeah. already, and uh, Dream Girl had a very successful term, remember, during she the Great sure Darkness did. Saga? She sure did. That's right. Yeah. Is it annual? Is it annual? I don't know. I think it just depends on who's writing it. You sure. know, how sure. much they want to do it. Another question asked Paul Levitz. Paul Levitz, uh, is the Legion membership annual? Question. David, yeah. David yep. Finn. You just imagine firing that one off to him. Hey, Paul, welcome on the show. First question we have is, is Legion membership annual? I'll put that to you. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> okay, question. it's going to be one of these kind of podcasts, isn't it? It sure is, Paul. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah. Grab a blanket yeah, and a coffee. Reminds We're... me of... Uh... <laughs> Uh, sorry, I was going to say it reminds me of Galaxy Quest when uh, Tim Allen freaks out at that kid that's asking him all these uh, really obscure questions about yeah. details. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, we should also mention that was uh, the last issue by our buddy um, Greg LaRoque. Greg LaRoque. And though I will say that um, coming in real strong in issue 49, which um, I'm happy to go through, is uh, Pat Broderick. I really like this first image of Sensor Girl coming out under, from behind the thing. Yeah, um, she almost looks like John Byrne uh, drew her, but yeah, it's crazy. Pat Broderick. Braniac 5, you can't hide in here forever. This insane conspiracy of yours friends to destroy the Legion's honour. I love it. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, it's, it's good artwork. And, um, you know, like sometimes maybe the, the faces on some of them are a bit lifeless, but I think it's brilliant artwork uh, nonetheless. Uh, and there's a lot going on here. And this is kind of like real kind of like 80s-style comics in terms of the dialogue. I like the the panel construction where, you know, how they've got the, the word balloons up there, but you've also got a nice bank of what's going on. You've got Monel operating something. Your Damsel's there, Sensor, Sensor Girl. Uh, is it Brainiac 5? And then you've got Saturn Girl. It just, it's just nice artwork. Everyone's getting a chance to pop. Yeah, I like uh, the reaction... Uh, um, yeah, they have like all their little heads floating there yeah, yeah, yeah. on the second page. One thing I'll say is Brainiac Five. You can tell his hairstyle yes. in the that page, yeah. and then on the third 
appearance he makes on that page. He's got a completely different hairstyle. Yeah, he's kind of got a, he's got a kind of brush down, kind of more like yeah. a sort of more modern look as opposed well, to the thing, old school. My thought is it almost looks like uh, a Keith Giffen drawing. Yeah. Or I'm wondering if he might have just traced the old drawing with a different hairstyle, but I don't know. It's true. It's very different from. I mean, it's it's brush forward rather than sort of like more puffy into the side. Yeah, um, and that was kind of how Giffen would draw hair every now and then. So yeah. that's what I was wondering. But uh, also, Monel when they walk in has his shirt on, and then on the third page he's got his shirt off. Like, yes, it's just kind of funny to think that he took his shirt off to like intimidate them. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna take the shirt off, uh, ladies. Check this out. Like, <laughs> gonna pop the shirt off. Real yeah, quick. he's just gonna pop it off, and then he, he lifts the thing up, and they're all, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It would have been funny to have a panel where he, you see him flinging the shirt away. You know what I mean? Like in the air, <laughs> yeah. like sort of have a, a little panel like that, and then it all goes crazy. The um the thing happens with the ring, the the Legion flight rings, and they're all in right. massive pain. Then we've got a great, <laughs> I, and we always judge on on how people draw Dawnstar. Well, I must say the Dawnstar here is just a bombshell. Like, look at her there in that yeah. in that sort of like. I mean, there's there's a lot to like, uh, basically. Yeah, she's pretty cheeky there too. Yeah, you know, on the sure back side. Is. Yeah, she sure is, and front side's not uh, not too bad either. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he enjoyed drawing Dawnstar. <laughs> And Phantom Girl, for that matter. You can see her uh, her little straps are not as big as they should be. No, there's, yeah, there's definitely... Um, Phantom Girl is barely being held in there by that costume. Um, yeah. There's a, she's rocking a lot, you know, those two ladies when they when they get it together for... A bit of, bit it's of a honestly like borderline porn comics. <laughs> <laughs> like it could be. You just change the word bubbles, you could probably... Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. And then... Um, yeah. <laughs> And then we're back out in deep space, and the the same things affect everyone else. So this is affecting everyone with a Legion ring, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And you see this redesign of uh, Wildfire, and he says, "Hell, which I don't even have a body, and I'm burning too." I don't like it. I got to be honest. I I prefer Wildfire with the normal costume. You know. Yeah, it uh, takes away some of his charm. You know. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, like he's kind of like a poor man's Human Torch. You know. And right. and I look, I love Wildfire, and I love Wildfire's design. So I'm sort of like, if it ain't you know broken, you know, don't fix it, kind yeah. of thing. You know. I mean, I don't, I don't mind it as a story beat to give him this time where he has, yeah, um, the body. But can he calm it down? To, can he calm the flame down like Human Torch can, or is he stuck with like the sort of like Firestorm sort of head burning? I don't know. I don't know. I think he can because I think he gets a different costume that's. I was going to say, yeah. otherwise he's a bit of a danger in enclosed spaces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's constantly, you've got to stand fucking three metres back from Wildfire with his fucking... <laughs> it's like, Wildfire, maybe stand outside, you know? <laughs> the whole thing with Wild... or The whole thing with Firestorm 2 is weird because he has that flaming hair, mm. but then his powers aren't even, like, fire-related. They're just, like... Um, I don't even know what his powers are. Like, you know... He can just transform things. Like, he can right. make flowers into salt or something uh-huh. okay i'm actually going to make a bit of an effort to read the ostrander of fire so i'm just a bit of it you know to see what i think because i'm reading ostrander's hawkman and i'm loving it you know yeah ostrander's uh firestorm is very good um but there's a lot of like status quo changes so if you're looking for something more like this is what the classic firestorm is it's not that so just fyi I'm not too worried. I barely know yeah, what the classic Firestorm good. is. Like, I, I, all I, you know, my main memory of Firestorm, and this is funny, 
early 80s, young Davey watching Super Friends, and like, and introducing Firestorm. And I was always like, wow, they're letting all... I remember back then, wow, they're letting all these new guys in. <laughs> like I'm like a yeah. little, I'm like a little kid who barely knew any of them were, and, like, and even then I'm like, wow, there's this new character called Firestorm, and for you know he'd already been around, you know, ever to me he's always been the new guy, but like he's been around for eons. Uh, yeah, I mean he's been around for like forty years now, but yeah, yeah, I, there is something exciting about that though when you yeah. have that first crop of characters that you know, and then you're like, what this guy is also yeah, I was like, one wow, anyone can join up the Legion, the, the Just League, it's awesome, like. Look at this guy popping. And the way they were doing it, too, they did very dramatically, like, and introducing Firestorm. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, jeez. Uh, Batman better watch out. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but, like, it is it is kind of cool how they all, they're all tumbling to the ground in pain and stuff. And I, I must admit, I'm really enjoying White Witch. I like her design and stuff. It's cool. Um, there's a character I think you could do a lot with in a movie or TV series. You know, with her power set and her look and everything. Yeah, and I think that uh, restriction we've kind of talked a bit about where it's like, uh, I think you compared it to like D&D where she has to have the spell prepared yes. or whatever. Yes, yeah. I think that really helps her character from being... Yeah, for sure. You know, look at someone like Scarlet Witch sometimes where it's just like she can do whatever and it makes it kind of uninteresting. Yeah, no, I, I like that D&D conceit where you've got to kind of memorize your spells or, you know, the, the, certainly the more powerful ones and stuff like that. So you can't just be like, I annihilate everything in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> you know, and, I, and we win due to this bullshit. Like, I just pull, like, plucked out, you know. Um, yeah, no, the really great artwork. And then we have um, Starlight and Star Bright, and they come out instantly, Starfinger. No one may fail you, Master. Um, I love it. I love it so much. This guy loved drawing lim- women. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean, he draws. And, no, I mean, it as a compliment. Like, he's just very, yeah. very beautiful women. He, he, yeah, that's a very good, very good, very good uh, analysis there. Um, and I, but so these characters, I want to kind of get into the brain. Starlight and Starbright are in, they're not just projections like Green Lantern. They have their own thoughts and stuff. Yeah. Cause they're talking amongst themselves. Yeah. I'd think of them more as like genies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh, it was so funny, man. We were watching, um, we were <laughs> watching, must've been what if, and we, we, we there was two different characters fighting each other. And Michelle's like, oh, come on, like... Oh, we were talking about Captain America, and, and I was saying, like, you know, what can he take in terms of, like, a bullet and all that kind of thing? And I was saying, I've always heard Captain America is, like, the, the, the upper, upper, upper echelons of an Olympic athlete, like a super Olympic athlete, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. human, but, like, it's like if, if you remember Carl Lewis, like, but maxed out kind of thing, like the ultimate Olympic kind of track and field guy taken to the maximum. And then we were talking about it, and then uh, we were talking about Spider-Man. I'm going, but he doesn't have Spider-Man's strength levels or anything like that, or his healing ability. Like, Spider-Man's got better healing ability, in my imagination, than than um, Captain America. And then Michelle's, like, tolerating me. And I go, what we could do, of course, is open up the old Marvel uh, handbook, which, <laughs> which I've got, and we could yeah. go through the stats. as your horizon is rolling out of her head. Like, yeah. <laughs> we could go to the stats that old Mark Grimwald created in the 80s, and we could get these d- definitive answers. And she's like... I'll be just fine without those answers. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, thank you. And, and I, I like yeah. motion. I like motion as if I was going to get up to do it as well. 
I will say one thing about Spider-Man. His thing was always, though, that he could lift like a Volkswagen. Like he couldn't lift like a regular car even. But now he can, I think. Now he can, dude. I think they sort of like... I'm sure they've scaled him up or whatever. I think in the 90s, 90s, there's an issue where he's like, um, you know, um, he really is more strong than he's let on kind of thing. And he starts ripping stuff apart and everything. Like, he's he's kind of been holding it in. Um, But, yeah. I mean, he he can lift it. With great power comes great responsibility. That's probably what they said. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think Spider-Man could lift a car, uh, I reckon, in, in today's comics. You know, I mean, I'm not sure about the movies and stuff, but, I mean, in Captain, in, in Civil War, doesn't he hold up like a... a True, yeah. Something? A plane, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's up there. But it was, it was, it just, I, I did it purely for, 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 for laughs, where I was like, I can, I can get the Marvel handbook and we can get an answer to these questions. It's just like, <laughs> I really don't want it. I really don't want an answer to these questions. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Same experience here. Yeah. Oh, there's question marks here like can Spider Man lift a building? Um let's let's get let's get an answer to this one. Um blah blah blah. Of course he can. And there's a picture of Spider Man lifting Yeah. Yeah, in the, in this comic he lifts lifts a building. <laughs> like a whole building? Yeah, yeah. He lifts a building and, and um well I don't know. Like it, it appears. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, it appears so, but it's not quite definitive. But it does appear that he's lifting up a support beam of a building. And yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's pretty nuts. Okay. Good old Spider Man. He's really, really, you know. But he he conceals it well. I mean, it means in his fights, he's really pulling his punches. You know. Yeah, I see him holding up like a bus here by John Byrne. I see yeah. him holding up a a train. By Mark Bagley, so yeah, I guess so. I, I see him holding up the Marvel publishing line for many fucking years too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> not lately. Hey, slow down. What are you talking about? Spider Man's doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, the Spencer stuff has been hit or miss for me, I guess, yeah. in the long run. Yeah, okay. You were pretty hot on it for a while, weren't you? I was, but it's sometimes like when a when a creator reaches the end of the run and you look back at what they've done and you're just like. Some of that was just a lot of bullshit, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I've actually put on... Um, when his name came up again for, for signing on to Substack, I actually put onto my iPad Volume 3 of his run because I read the first two. Um, and I, I wouldn't mind doing 3 and 4 on the signal at some point soon, like together, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, I mean, it's good for a while. It's just yeah. some of it's like, eh. Yeah. Um, interesting, yeah. But it, it's always that thing, too, where they're like, and now I've got to put all the pieces back into the box. You know, right? Yeah, and it's all the same. I'm also interested in this stuff coming up with uh, Ben Riley. I think that could be fun. Yeah. Well, um, James DeMatteis was saying Ben Riley's going apparently going to be Spider-Man again. That's what he was saying. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. Apparently. Okay. okay. Well, at least we know now that that's only temporary. None of this bullshit back back in the '90s where they're like that's going to be forever and all that shit. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're we're wiser now. We're more jaded and cynical, and we realize Peter's, Peter's coming back. If Superman came back. They'll all come back. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, we uh, we see Starfinger here is coming in and scolding the Doctor, who we know is colossal boy. Mm. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And um, then we, we've got the thing here where Sensor Girl is basically um, 
talking to them all. Enough's enough. Oh, Sadangul, we've spent years together and we're reduced to fighting each other. Both of you take a deep breath and step back. Sensical, can't you accept that we're doing here need, what we're doing here needs to be done? I know there is a debt that must be paid, Sadangul, but I also know a divided legion cannot survive, nor am I the one who began the division. All right, I admit that. I, it's time we explained. And then she goes into the whole storyline. And you, you might I just want to, want to point out yeah. real quick, uh, Pat Broderick decided he wanted to draw Don Star twice in, on that page for no real reason, just to draw. <laughs> that's a nice reaction shot of Dawn Star just leaning back, kind of absorbing. I know, yeah, you know. that's my point. She looks good. She does look good. Now, do you want to take us through the description that Saturn Girl gives? Because it's quite interesting. Right. So um, they'd come to bury Superboy after the funeral. Uh, Monel carried his coffin and Brainy and. Saturn girl were the honor guard mm-hmm. uh, and they cried and yep. were sad. And uh, that's when they kind of came up with the idea to take revenge on the time trapper. Yep. Uh, Triplicate girl was there. She's or, sad. I say, do a well. She's sad because one of her bodies died there. And she says, when, when one of our bodies dies, we all die. Well, they not, they didn't die there, but it was buried there. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's where they bury everyone. There's no yeah, reason she was why actually I'm alive. in love with Superboy yes. uh, back in the Silver Age. She so says, that's why she's upset. Being on Shanghala reminds me there's no reason why I'm alive, but I still had to go. Wow, that's pretty deep. You know? Yeah, and it's a big difference from back in the Silver Age. Like, it was no big deal for her. She was like, oh, it's okay. That was just one of me that died. But <laughs> yeah. now I like this better where it's like... I did too. Well, a part of her died, you know? A part of her died on the yeah. planet. And sometimes when a part of you dies, it feels like all of you dies, you know? Um, I mean, especially literally, right? Yeah, literally. Um, I, know when, yeah, so I know when my triplicate version of myself died, I felt sad, you know? <laughs> yeah, last time that happened to me, I was pretty bummed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, basically, they're explaining what's going on and why they decided to do this. Mm. Uh time trapper had taken the best of us immortal or not legion coder honor or not he would perish yes so basically they're going to break the legion code and kill him i like it i like it a lot and and, and frankly you know the found, one of the founders is in on this and and we you are saying brainiac 5 was around already so i'm kind of like look time trapper's deceit if we take over what it was okay, all those adventures with Superboy were, were sort of a hoax, you know? In, mm-hmm. Weirdly. I mean, he, he was real in a sense, like he was. He thought he was real and he came from a pocket universe which was technically real, but um, it's a pretty big fucking swindle. You know, it's like if someone said to you, your partner or something was all just a massive hoax that they created, you know, as an experiment. Well, beyond that, it's like... He was still real to them, and he yeah. was still killed because of the time trapper, right? That's it. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like just a a fantasy just blew up. It was a it was a real person who they had real interaction with. So the betrayal is quite massive, is what I'm trying to say. the The scale yeah. of the trick is quite sort of almost absurd in its you know hugeness. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, but anyway. Yeah, but. Uh... Yeah, so that's why this bastard has to die. He has to die, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then there's more stuff on the, um, very much the C plot by this point, uh, maybe B, right. where you know they're infiltrating further into the 
into the organization and blah blah blah. Um, but I, I find it odd that Colossal Boy doesn't disguise himself inside that bubble. Yeah. And all one has to do is look inside the little window and see that he's Colossal Boy. I'm yeah, like, no, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, well. <laughs> it's yeah. just bizarre to me. Yeah, it's like, I felt sure you were going underground trying to get inside Starfinger's organization to prove he lived to bring him down. Part of you has always fought against the Legion's teamwork, striking out on your own. I couldn't let you take that risk alone. I used my injuries to my advantage in designing this bubble disguise <laughs> and beat you to Starfinger. Um, blah blah blah. So um, yeah, no. So it was it was interesting. Um, and yes, okay. Oh yeah, how'd you like my twisting the Legion flight rings alarm frequency into a painful but harmless signal to attract Starfinger's attention? Um, yeah, okay. So th- that's okay. So that's what they all felt. It was just what Colossal Boy had done. Yeah, which I'm like, who helped you with that one, Colossal Boy? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, you really sort of. Yeah, since when are you Mr. Fucking Scientist? Like, but anyway, so. Um, Yeah, so after that, we see a bunch of the Legionnaires gathered together on Earth. Um, I'm not really sure what the deal was here. Uh, Anyway, it doesn't really matter. No, No, that's fine. (laughs) But then, uh, Sensor Girl is heading off to. She knows because of her sense powers, Mm. where she can sense everything or whatever. that there's an old Legion friend that they could use right now with this uh, Time Trapper thing. So yeah. she gets him. Uh, and then we go back to Starfinger. Yes. And Starfinger's pissed, and he breaks into the lab. Yep. And then back over to Brainiac 5 and Monel, And Brainiac 5 is kind of losing it. He says, you don't understand. How could you anyway? It simply can't be done, Monel. And... <laughs> uh, yeah, he's really he's he's really losing his shit. We have an oath, yes. Brainy, and we'll fulfill it somehow. It can't be done, Joy Damsel. I was wrong, please. There's no way to break the time barrier. It was all a cruel joke. The time trapper led us into the past, but only a past he controlled. It never was my time bubble who did it. Um, it's it's pretty cool actually, because I think it really, to me, it's awesome in that like it makes you feel for Brainy, you know, who all these years, which which are decades by this point. He's, he's had all these adventures in the past and so much of the past stuff with Superboy and all that kind of stuff. And, like, to find out that it wasn't him who did it, it would be shattering to, uh, you know, an intelligence and an ego like his. Yeah, for sure. And something I was kind of surprised didn't get brought up was him going through such a hard time after Supergirl died, which wasn't that long ago. Mm. But I think they're probably at this point uh, not really supposed to mention Supergirl anymore. Yeah, so, yeah. anyway... But yeah, I thought that might tie into this. But no, he's just having a really hard time about that. Yeah, and seems less upset about Superboy than he is just about being yeah, made a full of. Well, but that kind of fits with his character as well, too. You know, like for sure. You know, because he's obsessed with kind of being the smartest and the best and everything, and he struggles when um when it doesn't go right. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Interesting. And then uh, we get the appearance of Ron Vida. And I was like, who is Ron Vidar again? Because they're like, you, you're dead, all three of them. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, so Ron Vidar was the son of Universo, who is the time or the uh, mind controlling Legion villain. Mm. Uh, and he always helps the Legion overthrow his father. Some of the best Silver Age Legion stories were with Universo. Yes. Uh, and so Ron Vidar is 
as smart as Brainiac 5 almost, and he was involved with the time travel research as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the importance here. But cool. Anyway. Right. And that's yeah. the one Sensigo went and got, yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah. right, okay. And, yeah. then, and then we go back to – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, then we've got, we've got Starfinger just yep. like causing havoc, and then he then realizes that um, uh, the Colossal Boy is in there. Aha, surely this is the greatest jest of all. What a fool I've been. I hired you to murder the Legionnaires for me, but what fools we've both been, Colossal Boy. And then it's like, uh-oh. Um, and then and then he's like, no, concern? Odd coming from a condemned man, Rajiv? Or perhaps rats travel in packs, Legionnaire. I like that line. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and then whether you are a Legionnaire or only stupid, you're still a dead man. Starlight, Starbright, our pleasure master. And then it's like, uh, realised it's Chameleon Boy. And it's like, uh-oh, this mission has gone very pear-shaped. Very, very For sure. Yeah, there's been some big problems. And so, yes, then basically Chameleon Boy and Colossal Boy are both um, caught, which would have been quite shocking back in the day, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, especially, you know, all this uh, work that they've done and then now it all seems to be for naught. Yes, I, I, look, I look. I've enjoyed the storyline because you know why? I think I think they needed it, something different. Um, it, it can't just be all conspiracy all the time. So I think that this little subplot was, an, to me, an interesting subplot. Now I am much more fond of this cover on fifty, and I want you to take us through mm-hmm. it because it's Return of Gifford, and I think that's a good cover. Frankly, I think it's a really yeah. Good this cover. is actually the same artist as the previous covers, but yes, I agree, I it's a bit yeah. stronger. Yeah, uh, it's definitely the same style. I just happen to like this color cover and the colorization and stuff, and for such a landmark mm-hmm. issue as well. September 88, man. Yep, September 88. Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite issues. Uh, I thought it was pretty pretty crazy. Uh, basically, we see Time Trapper at the end of time mm. here, and this issue is called Life and Death and the End of Time. Wow. Um, this is his kingdom, and its day has come. Uh, so he's, you know, waiting around for the Legionnaires, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and so then we go back to Earth, and we're starting to see some of these redesigns where Ultra Boy is now wearing a jacket and pants. Um, yeah. And well, definitely him Keith and... Giffen style comes in. And I must say, I, I really like some of the designs in this. Um, I'm, I, I, it is a change of pace. Like, everyone looks older, I think, you know? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and you said, do you like the art, or how do you feel about the art? No, I do. I do, and I really... You know what I really like? Some of the women, um, the way he would draw them and stuff, like he, he baggy clothes and this kind of different look he had going with them. I thought it was a, mm. a, a it was an update, and, I mean, you know me, I, I like the sort of, like, cheesecakey art of Dream Girl and stuff, but, but, like, I liked it for a change of pace kind of thing. For sure. Um, and his style here seems to be more influenced... Uh, by his collaborator Kevin Maguire. Yes. Uh, whereas the last time we saw him, he had kind of changed his style. Now he's changing his style again. Yeah. Uh, but I like it. Um, but yeah, so this is uh, on page four is Circadia Sinius. He's the one that's in charge of the yes. time thing. And uh, Ultra Boy and Timberwolf came there to take a time cube. Yeah. Um, so that's what they're bringing home. Uh, to Legion headquarters. Uh, meanwhile, Dream Girl, Sunboy, and Element Lad 
are going off on a mission, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think that really comes back in this <clears throat> section of our reading. But, uh, yeah, so Brainiac 5 is reuniting with Ron Vidar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of a mystery of what happened with Ron Vidar. How yeah, did you how did come he back survive? to survive? And can I say, I love the reveal. Yeah, so you Idiot. probably were kind of already familiar, but you probably didn't remember from uh, you know what? I Legion did. of Three Worlds. No, I did. And I, that's what I thought, actually. I... I th- I won't I won't spoil it for just now in a discussion, but I actually thought that as well. I was like, isn't he, you know, uh, what we uh, yeah. yeah, and, and then it, I was happy to be proved correct. I was like, yeah, I, I must have read that somewhere in one of our readings. Yeah. Good job. Um, yeah, we see Saturn Girl and Monel also working to get ready for their uh, trip. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of text here that I don't remember what they're no, talking you don't, about. You don't need to go breeze past it. Yeah, they're, they're, we can breeze past it. There's a lot of chat, 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 chat. Um, yeah. But it's 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 good stuff. And then they're like, um, "That's the most bizarre collection of circuitry I've ever seen." Brainy, are you sure that you won't blow Metropolis into the Atlantic? Absolutely, in theory. Unfortunately, the only practical proof is to see if it does, Bouncing Boy. And he's like, "Cheery concept." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some great uh, banter between the Legionnaires. Uh, which page were you on, actually? I'm not sure. I'm on, I've just turned over to page 10, where we've got White Witch okay. ta- talking to um, to uh, Dream Girl, and they're debating Ooh. whether to use this guy kind of almost like, it's almost like a bit of a euthanasia kind of thing, or a sacrifice play, you know? Yeah, so he was a Legion villain in the past, um, big, crazy, infinite man guy, but they kind of depowered him. But now he could be the secret weapon against uh, the Time Trapper. It's pretty crazy, man. And, like... So, in essence, just I want to get to grips with Infinite Man. So, the guy is dead, but inside him is there's almost like almost like a firestormy kind of character that's massively powerful. Yeah, like a separate entity. Is that right? Yes. Something. I mean, I think it's still him. I think he's just kind of in stasis or something. I don't know. But, he, he but he's right. basically brain dead, though. You know. Yeah. His normal. True. His normal self, because that that's what Dream Girl's saying, and. That's what their whole argument is. He's basically brain dead. Like, it's only life support keeping him alive. But the entity within him is still there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure exactly. But, yeah, that sounds right. But I'm not really sure because I don't remember the original story that well. No, no, I'm just going off what I'm reading here. But it's interesting. I think it's a fucking interesting concept, like, basically. Yeah, I always thought it was pretty cool, especially how they use him here. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Um, all right, so we, we've got him, and, and great artwork where they tease on page 12, like they tease him. You see the picture of him with the weird sort of, I, I don't even know how to describe it, like the sort of swirly artwork. Like it's it's kind of quite yeah, cool. Yeah, like the time-looking stuff. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention up here, White Witch gets disgusted and leaves. I'm not yeah. sure if she ever really comes back. I'm not really, I don't really remember. Yeah, but she pretty, might have just left pissed. the Legion. She's pretty pissed. You can also see that uh, drawing of her in the top right with that facial expression is very Kevin McGuire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so they're readying that. Uh, basically, they end up triggering this time cube without the rest of the Legion. And Polar Boy's like, what the hell? Yeah, too bad, Polar Boy. You know, like, I, I'm not... I'm not feeling Power Polar Boy as a leader. And, and, and in, in fairness, not only leader, he might even, if I was in control, be stripped of membership. For his, oh, Dave, for... how could you say that? <laughs> Look, you know what? Just 
I know you've read Superman and the Legion, but yeah. we haven't done it on the show. Yeah. So I'm going to pick that sometime just to show you how awesome Polar Boy is. All right, fine. Sounds, sounds fine to me. Um, now, he is, he is decent in that, but I, I just mean he's a week leader, you know? He's a week oh, leader, yeah, sure. and, and I don't think he well, has I the mean, respect because the Levitz didn't really like him, I think, okay. ultimately. But how was he voted in? That's what I don't understand. Who the f- hell voted for him? You know? Like, was he's it readers? He's capable. He's capable. Okay. Um, right. I don't know. There's a really good issue where he joined. We'll do that sometime, too. Okay, all right. Well... Okay, maybe not Paul. He's kind of the punching bag of this one anyway. It's not like he's given. No, I, I agree with you. It's yeah. just that Polar, or uh, I don't know. I, I think Levitz obviously didn't know what he, you know, have anything positive that he really wanted to do with the character, personally. But yeah, anyway. no, I agree with you there. Um, I do like the time cube, which is literally a cube. Did not used to be a bubble. Uh, am I misremembering it? But I always thought it was a bubble previously. They do have time bubbles, but at one point they used a time cube, and this is probably like a throwback to that. Okay, I don't know. right, all right. Um, uh, okay. Maybe their original thing was a time cube, and then it I don't, turned into a bubble. But yeah. yeah, we see the time trappers there waiting for them, right? He says, mm. welcome, Legionnaires. Welcome to the end of everything. Yep. You were safe in your century, but now, now you were less than the dust that swirls around my cloak. Yeah, well, it is a big play to go all the way into the to face the time trapper right. like it's a yep. huge play um and yeah it's 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 kind of crazy um even the mightiest of mortals cannot be a threat to one who is the incarnation of the universe's ultimate force entropy itself look around you does not everything show you that in the end i win it's like wow i mean jesus this guy is powerful massively powerful and i'm, I'm sort of like it was arrogant of Brainiac 5 in a weird way, you know, because he's like, how arrogant you are, Brainiac 5, to pierce my barrier. And I'm kind of like, yeah, this was arrogance, you know? Um, yeah, but at the same time, he's like, I can do it, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he can yeah. do it, but can he win? I, I've shown that I can do it, <laughs> even though you said that, Yes, you know. true. That's a good point. Yeah. He, ingenuity. Yeah? Right. Good old-fashioned right. ingenuity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically he's able to take on most of the Legionnaires pretty easy. Uh, Time Trapper to Saturn Girl says, Your courage has never been in doubt, Saturn Girl, but you have spoken wiser words. I give you leave to try. And she's trying to, I think, get in, attack him with her telepathic power. Yep. And it's just more than she can handle. Yep. And, and she then passes he, he, out. he kills Joe Damsel's other self. Yep. As well, uh, yep. She's one person I... You know, if I had to critique this story, it would be like, why did they let her come without any kind of plan for her? Like, what did she contribute by being there? Yeah, she's true. she's two people. She's two normal humans. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really. There's no reason for her to come. She was just part of the conspiracy, I think, originally. That yeah. was it. But, yeah, I don't know. They could have given her a gun or something. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's only one, uh, one just Laura New. Why wasn't uh, Lightning um, Lad there? Because wasn't he? Isn't he Salengol's husband? Yeah, but she probably didn't want to involve them because they have kids and all that. Yeah, but I'm saying he would have at least had some offensive power, you know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Why did and they he's only the husband? Before? I and mean, he's the whole the thing was that they're the trying husband. to. Yeah. Right. Well, the whole thing was one that they know that people might disagree with what they're doing, and two, the fact that they want to protect everyone else. Right. So. Her specifically wanting to protect her husband, I would say. Okay, yeah. Not risk by the parents. The, the father of their children, you know. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So, but they took Dewar Damsel, who's almost worse than useless in this fight. Like, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she wanted to do it, I guess, because of Superboy. But it is just like, what was the plan with her? You know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Monel attacks, and he's kind of taken down quite easily. Uh, he's just beat up without even him having to touch him. He says, "What is the matter, Monel? Surely you hate me enough to touch me." <laughs> I like the way Time Trap is kind of teasing them. <laughs> like, it's it's um, you know, he Time Trapper is really talking like trash during the fight. Yeah, I think this issue really is what kind of made Time Trapper for me for the longest time, uh, made him more interesting because I don't think he was that interesting in the Superboy issue, but here very. I like the way you say for the longest time at the end of everything is Time Trapper. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ooh, spooky. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> he, says, he says, feel entropy reaching for you, Monel, the force that pulls the universe apart, atom by atom, sapping its energy, its cohesion, its very existence, and it is coming to tear your supposedly invulnerable, bo- invulnerable body into shattered molecules yeah. of uh, organic dust. So, yeah, he's really getting it. Uh, and then we see Ron Vidar is coming to bat, and mm-hmm. he's like, hey, you're just going to be killed. And he's like, ah, I could probably handle something. And that's when we reveal that Ron Vidar is a Green Lantern. Which is cool. Yeah. And, and, I, and I did remember that. Really I did remember because... that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I remember that from, um, was, was it Legion of Three Worlds? Yeah, he's a Green Lantern there, and he's just killed um, pretty quickly. But yeah, here it's, you know, turns the tide in this battle. and yeah. It makes a lot of sense because his father, Universo, they revealed in the Levitz run, used to be a Green Lantern of mm-hmm. Earth. And that's the reason that Green Lanterns aren't allowed on Earth anymore. Because so he went bad, makes yeah? Sense that, yeah, yeah. So it makes sense that the ring would go to his son. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Was it, was it, um... Ron, I'm remembering a comic. I think it's Legend of Three Worlds, where there's a whole planet of Green Lantern rings. Yeah, after he dies, he was like the last Green Lantern. Right. Uh, and that ring ends up going to Earthman... And then to Monel for a while. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So then Monel's back fighting the Trapper. This is on page thirty. Yep. And he gets really scorched. Like he's pretty screwed. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but crazy. then Brainy confronts him. He says, "Uh, well, let's see. This is what it says." So much for who for those who call themselves mighty. You alone still stand, mortal, but that is as it should be. And he's talking to Brainiac 5. It was your arrogance that first tested the power of time, my power. And he said, not, ta- not tested, Trapper. Broke it. I traveled through time. As you wish, Brainiac, I can be indulgent. Have you any justification for your acts? I, I sought truth and found friendship and love which even your lies can never take the memory of from me. Why, Brainiac 5, I never lie. Look about you. This is the only absolute truth in eternity, the end. And Brainiac says, ha. And Time Trapper says, you dare. What and a I... great panel. Like, <laughs> yeah, this I love that. blew me away um, when I read it last night. I was like, what a fantastic image. And it yep. says, you dare, and Brainiac 5 going back. I mean, that is great stuff. Yeah, you can just tell the power of his, you know, outrage. Yeah. For sure. Now it's great. And yeah, so basically, Time Trapper goes on to say that he's basically a a force that was created when the universe was created, mm. and that he is 
you know, basically what destroys anything, right? He's the end. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, like at the end, everything collapses, man. Like the universe will collapse and die, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I think it's cool. And he says, um, Brannick says, but there is another theory of the universe too, one that hypothesizes a perpetual unending universe which time itself is infinite, folding back upon itself in endless cycles, and each may simply be a new beginning. Uh, and there is a living incarnation of that theory as well. And then he brings out Infant Man, um, which was a great reveal. For sure. I mean, to pit these two against each other makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, wow. And I like the way he goes, and what is that supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Um and maybe you want to take us through this, but but I enjoyed it. Like, they, they sort of battle against each other. And really, readers, you should check this issue out because I almost don't feel our words can do it justice. But it's great artwork, and it's it's kind of cool, these two big concepts pushing against each other. Um, the, and the trapper's using all his energy, uh, which kind of leaves him open uh, at that point. And... Yeah, and the uh, infinite man is trying to pull him through to the beginning of time. Mm. Which you know would be the last place I guess the time trapper would want to be, yeah. and Brainiac Five gives him a little push to help him out. Yeah. Uh, and he cool. says, "Thank you, Brainiac Five, for this. I forgive you for my birth and damnation. Farewell." Farewell. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, if you have any prayers, Ron, say them now because the floodgates of time have just been shattered, and there's no way to predict when we'll wind up. And they go back, and they're back on. Um, they're back, and it almost looks like. Like from a weird angle, that Saturn girl's hair has been shorn down. Um, yeah, I think it has. Like she's right. been like blasted, and it's like, right. wow, it's a bad yeah. head eye for Saturn Taking girl. She's gonna have her to hair. put a yeah. wig on or something. Like, um, and poor old Joe. So she gets out down. pretty good in the end, right? Whereas uh, Triplicate Girl lost her second body, so now yeah. she's just the one. Yeah. And Monel, uh, spoiler alert for Monel. Monel goes on life support. And he has maybe one more adventure, but he's actually killed uh, oh when his life support is shut down, when oh all technology shit. is destroyed. Wow, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. So, yeah, so he Jesus. dies. And then that's what leads into that five years later issue that we read, that we already read, um, where Monel faces off against the Time Trapper again. Wow. Uh, and that, that issue paired with this issue is like two of my favorite things you know just two great time trapper issues yeah it's yeah it's heavy to hear that monel dies like a character that i feel they could do so much more with you know and i guess they have like but i don't know like, they really have done more than you are probably thinking yeah um and i'm not saying that as like uh i'm just saying that now that i'm looking back as i'm digging through stuff yeah uh, how many times they've brought him to the present and made him a present day character and he's just never, you know, hit. Yeah. For a while they made him Superman. Like he was the star of the book Superman when yes. Superman wasn't Superman anymore. Oh, I remember uh, that. I remember that happening. Yeah. 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 So it's like they've done stuff with him. It's just he never quite clicks, but he yeah. it, it got to the point where he became probably the most popular Legionnaire where he was voted the leader by the readers, okay. you know. Yeah. So he's anyway. been up. He's been up there. He's been. He's been around and about. Can you just hold on one second? Sure. I'm just. I'm just gonna yeah. um, let my dog out. Hold on. No problem.
Hey, you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Sorry, yeah, I just... Okay, yeah, uh, just, pick, just pick up from, you know, we've done a lot with Monel. I'll give you one, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah, but when we look back at it, I guess, yeah, there is quite a bit of Monel um, yeah. focus. Yeah, but, I, uh, I yeah, guess it's, oh, it's just... Okay. I, 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 all I'm going to say is I, I, I think he's a cool character that I think they could do more with story-wise and maybe... I, yeah, I, I guess what you're saying is they've brought him into the present, they've tried to make him a thing, you know, and then the problem is mm-hmm. you've got Superman, and they never want Superman, the, too much of the gloss to be taken away from him. But, right. I don't know, it, I, I, I feel there's a sales strategy that you could do to get <clears throat> people interested in Monel and interested in Legion, and, um, you know, and I just think that DC could do that if they wanted to. They certainly do it with lesser characters, so why not Monel? For sure, you know, I almost feel that way about most of the Legionnaires could be really interesting. Um, yeah, you know, interesting enough to carry their own book for a little bit. Um, but yeah, now we have uh, issue fifty-one in the annual. I think fifty-one might. Uh, as I was gonna say, once we get through fifty-one, I think we can probably get through the annual pretty quickly. Oh, for sure. Honestly. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the, the annual is it, it ties up the Starfinger stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but I think this one, I mean, I know you were very big on the, on the trial of Brainiac 5 and I certainly enjoyed it. And what a great cover with Polar Boy there looking crazy and Brainiac 5 looking sad. Um, yeah, Steve Lytle's back on covers. Yeah. Take us through, take us through the trial, man. Cause I know you were a big fan of the trial. Yeah, for sure. Well, first off, I just love this first page where you have Cosmic Boy back mm. and he's kind of serving as the judge in this yes. trial. Yeah. Uh, Polar Boy's arguing that uh, Brainiac 5 needs to be punished for basically sacrificing um, Jackson Rugarth, who is the infinite man, mm. to defeat the Time Trapper. Uh, they say that they they understand killing the Time Trapper with self-defense. You know, to me, I think that's debatable because they kind of approached him to kill him. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, really time yeah, but like... Yes, yeah, you are, yeah, exactly. Like a real prosecutor who was determined to put you away could say you showed intent by going to his place of residence to kill right. him, you know, literally. Really, um, Time Trapper was defending himself. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, uh, yeah, that is that is true. But they kind of give the, a pass to that. And then the, the question is more of a euthanasia kind of sacrifice question, you know? Yeah, uh, and then it kind of gets into what was intended by the Legion Constitution, which says you shouldn't kill. And Saturn Girl's like, don't tell me what the Constitution is supposed to mean. Yeah, uh, I, wrote, I wrote it. I helped write know? that clause, Polar Boy. Don't preach it to me. Your interpretation is extreme. We want to we want to remove any temptation for a Legionnaire to use their powers callously, mm. taking advantage of strength to disregard their humanity, the value of life. But his life was already over, his mind destroyed in the accident that made him the infinite man years ago. If he had no mind, there was no sentient being, no man, and therefore no murder. Which is the classic so. argument about turning off life support. Right. That is, like, honestly, like, you know, it's it's not heavy-handed, but that is the classic argument. Like, it's all about, like, right. at what point is a person dead, you know, and it's a tough question for families to grapple with in real in the real world, you know? Yeah, and we already saw um, White Witch didn't agree with that. She's sure. uh, more spiritual, right? And, and that's fair. And people are going to have different opinions, and I, I like the way they have a character who's just like no fucking way because that's that's quite realistic, you know. Like there's on, on a topic such like this, there's going to always be different opinions, and it's a divisive right. topic, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mostly, you know, we see those two arguing back and forth, and then the Legion is kind of the peanut gallery with their yeah. input as they're watching. Some of them should uh, almost have popcorn, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the... Uh, um, I like the sort of like, uh, is it Shrinking Violet, how she looks, like the artwork of her. I think it looks pretty cool. Um, there's other uh, instances. Which one? Are you talking about the one with the grey in their hair? No, Shrinking Violet with the with the gray, green jacket on. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's kind of cool. setting up them going undercover as the espionage squad. Yes, indeed. Uh-huh. And it's kind of cool. Um, and then you've got um, uh, this glow guy um just a, a bit of yeah. a subplot there and um and so that it's isn't kinda, that isn't cosmic boy is it who goes out to do it i thought that was cosmic boy but it's not yeah so he's not in cosmic boy is only in this issue as the judge yes. or these issues as the judge uh it also kind of sets up this thing with lightning glass where she's kind of flirting with magnetic kid mm. he's kind of intimidated by this older girl and yeah yeah yeah, but we also know that she has some kind of weird stuff going on. Well, not weird stuff going on with Shrinking Violet, but some coded stuff going She's on with Shrinking of, Violet. She's got a bit of lesbian uh, relationship, doesn't she? About to pop off. Yeah, I mean, it's never... I don't know how explicit it is because I haven't read these issues. And when I read them the first time, I wasn't clued in enough to catch it. Sure. But yeah, there's definitely some teases. You weren't, picking yeah. up the, you weren't picking up the pink code back in the day. You know, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. The I mean, I was pretty young. Yeah. You're pretty young, I've but yeah. Over your head. Look, do, do, believe I do you like me. Him as a couple, though. as a, this is embarrassing for me. It, <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, I loved Elton John, and when they and like his music, you know, like uh, I'm talking as a little kid, and then the big when I found out he was gay, I was like, really. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, cool. But it took someone, to, yeah, but like, but because I was so young, I it didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. And it yeah. was like, so sometimes we're just completely blissfully unaware of these kind of, you know, which are actually, in fairness, it's a huge part. His camp appeal has always been big, but as a little kid, I just like Crocodile Rock. You know what I mean? Like. And I knew he had a lot of hits and yada yada yada, and then and then it was like, oh, he's this massive gay icon and he's this massive gay performer. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. And then I was like, yeah, I know. It's just kind of funny when we're you know young and we just don't really know about that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, think I, I wouldn't have even known. Maybe kids yeah. would know, but yeah, I wouldn't have even known anything about his personal life whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I did know him as someone who had a lot of good songs because uh, I was a kid. <laughs> it's just funny the way you said it, though. You're like. Really? Elton John <laughs> yeah, of all people? <laughs> yeah, well, it wouldn't have even occurred to me. Do you know what I mean? I know. Like, yeah, and yeah. I sure. and it was, it was just some of this stuff. It goes way over our heads when we're really young. You know, um, yeah, for sure. You know, which is why and I think people argue now. It's why people argue now that it should be more overt. And I kind of think that's good as well. You know, sometimes yeah. like because if you make it too coded, sometimes people. I mean, frankly. Just don't even, you know, they're not picking up the breadcrumbs kind of thing, you know? Right. There's also the case of when I think the writer is doing coding and then when the fans are, like, yeah, yeah. interpreting things as coding that I'm sure. not always, like, on, you know, not that I'm oh, not on yeah. board with it, but I'm not aware of it. Oh, yeah, there's, um, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're sort of reaching, <clears throat> they're sort of reaching sometimes for interpretations where you're sort of like, maybe, you know? Um, right, and it's like I guess if you interpret that way, that's fine. I didn't, but you know, 
sometimes it goes on to be really interesting stuff. Like I didn't interpret I didn't interpret this necessarily as being coding at the time, but now I really appreciate it as you know, I think they make a great couple, so Yeah. You know. Good for them. Anyway. Um all right, so moving on. Um we got our oh, Brainiac Five here. Uh the damage done by the time trapper is beyond repair, Shadow Lass, or at least my nature or my skill. I have no tools to switch together an invulnerable body that has been torn to pieces because Monel is really in trouble, isn't he? Yeah, like I said, he's going to be on life support till he dies. That's depressing. Mm-hmm. Poor old Monel, you know. I guess that just shows how you know drastic this uh, encounter was. Also, I meant to reiterate that issue fifty was supposed to be Paul Levitz's last issue. So who knows if he planned to just kill Mono off in that issue and be a, you know done with it. Um, yeah. But I think Paul, uh, Keith Giffen talked him into staying for like another year. Good on you, Keith. You know, yeah. Paul Levitz would have been a very busy man at this period of time. Like, you know, I believe he was juggling this storyline at night while he was a day, day job at, uh, he was like the publisher or whatever he was at, um, right. you know, he was he, he was a very busy man to still be putting out such quality, you know? It was obviously a passion yeah, project. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was obviously something he mm-hmm. cared deeply about. And he probably had in mind where he was taking this story for some time, I would guess. But yeah, anyway, uh, back to the trial, and we start mm. getting votes. Uh, well, real quick, I guess we'll say Brainiac 5 waves his defense. He says, I do have a yeah, statement. It's funny. Fellow it's legionnaires, <laughs> I offer no defense against the charge of murder, not because I choose to plead guilty, but because the tri- trial itself is irrelevant. <laughs> there are no facts to determine. You have all heard what took place at the end of time, and there are no disputes over those events. There are no motives to consider. You surely know why I chose to act as I did and find the logic irrefutable if you accept the premises. Um there are no laws that apply, only the Legion's own constitution, which applies to all of us by our own choosing. Mm. Simple matter of morality, I believe that what I did to Professor Jackson Rudigarth was within the bounds of the course he himself would have chosen for his life if he could. That is my moral judgment, and it is absolute. I do not quibble with your right to have an opinion in agreement or opposition, but it is, the, in the end, an irrelevant one. So he's basically right. like, look, it happened. Yeah, so, I like it, but he also makes a good point. He goes, this isn't a court of law. This is a clubhouse vote, you know, to expel me. Right, this to expel only applies to me by my own choosing. Yeah, like, if yeah. I choose to leave this club, then really, you know, what impact will this have? Like, this, I'm not winding up in prison on this vote. This is purely, <clears throat> you know, sort of an internal process. Like, it's it's an interesting play from Brainiac 5, who's also calculated the odds. Um and he's kind of he already knows what the result's going to be. He he in his mind anyway. He's he's predetermined the result, which is interesting. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, not a huge fan of Dream Girl. Uh, how she looks here though. Um, I don't think Keith Giffen quite gets Dream Girl the way I like Dream Girl. You know. I disagree though. I mean, I disagree here, but I don't think you could say that about Keith Giffen in general because we loved that early stuff with him and. No, I'm just talking about uh, here. I'm talking about this particular. Oh, okay, yeah. This particular. Yeah, she's definitely getting ready for a night out on the town. Yeah, she's got that shaggy hair going. Um, oh, now, this is what I liked. Mm-hmm. I really liked um, in the Dawnstar's quarters, um, Phantom Girl, how she's dressed. And, like, that look of Phantom Girl. I thought oh, he, yeah. I thought he really did a good casual, like, late 80s kind of look on a, on a girl. I thought it was really kind of sure. cool. And then you've got Dawnstar there putting her little um, shoes on and stuff or her boots on. 
Um, I do think it's funny. Uh, earlier we saw Dawnstar had, or not Dawnstar, but Phantom Girl had an iHeart Cosmic Boy pillow. Yeah. Now she's wearing an iHeart Cosmic Boy shirt. Um, I also wanted to shout out real quick that um, uh, Ron Vidar comes to Brainiac's defense as well and states that he thinks that Jackson would have been okay with with what was done with him. Yeah, he he yeah. Ron Vidar does does a chime in kind of thing, doesn't he? Yeah. And something else I really like about the Legion is they all have these little symbols, yes. and a lot of times they'll show like who an election they'll show who's getting voted for. In this case, they're voting for guilty or innocent, and we see all their symbols with their votes. I always thought oh, was really right. cool. That's cool. See, I didn't realize that. So that's actually yeah. the individual people voting. Yeah. So oh. you know, it's kind of interesting to see. We've seen all their comments, and now we can see how they voted or. Based on the relationship that we know that they have with Brainiac, we can see how they voted. So, so who boy, is we Dawnstar? Is Dawnstar the winged character? Uh, Dawnstar is... I'm not sure which one she is, actually. She might be... Would she be the winged one? The no, that's Wildfire, I think. Oh, okay. Could be right. Dawnstar, maybe. You might be know. right. Because uh, it looks like Dawn, like Wildfire symbol, too, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure. But, but they all vote in this and on that page. On that page, page uh, 23, they all vote innocent, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, on 23, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. And then um, you've been acquitted despite yourself. So that's Saturn Girl with their new haircut, yeah? Talking to him. Well, uh, real quick, actually, I want to go back. Mm. Uh, Cosmic Boy says... And this should have maybe clued you in on Magnetic Kid, where Cosmic Boy says, My little brother's made smarter moves than that vote. He's too literal-minded, or maybe too naive, or maybe just too damn young. And he's just kind of saying how he's disappointed yeah. with how he voted and tells Polar Boy that he's not interpreting the Constitution how yeah. he should. Yeah. So I well, thought that was cool. These are two of my favorite characters, uh, Polar Boy and Cosmic Boy, coming to blows. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, in fairness, they're not coming to blows. It's a democratic process. And, um, uh, you know, the founders of the Legion, the, the writers of the Constitution, are telling Polar Boy his interpretation is flawed. Doesn't that tell you something? You know? Right. When, and I think he know. was the perfect character for that role, Polar Boy, mm. was um, just because of his time in the subs where he spent so long admiring the Legion that now that he's there, maybe he's misinterpreted some things. Exactly. I think that's interesting. He's probably idolised some of the ideals too heavily, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a he's got a lack of he's a little naive himself, in my opinion, you know. For sure. Um, but yeah, you you were going into this great scene with uh, Brainiac Five and Saturn Girl. Well, firstly, Saturn Girl obviously after the fight has a different haircut because she lost some hair, and she's kind of yeah. got a, a brushback style. Um, mm-hmm. And she says, "You won, uh, despite yourself. Hardly it was quite predictable. Eleven to eight for abstentions." You stubborn. Eleven to seven, actually. Quizlet abstained, um, and he's hmm, fascinating. So he, he, I mean, he got through eleven to seven, and um, yeah, interesting, interesting. And then he hugs her, and she's like, "Burr, he's never touched me in all the years. Why does a hug make me so scared?" Yeah, and by this point, you're kind of getting this ominous feeling of like, "What's what's going on with Brainiac Five? Yeah, well, Brainiac Five is kind of taken the high road, regardless of the result. He was going to be leaving. It seems, you know. Well, I, yeah, I don't know that we knew that though, did we? Until no, like no, this last page. No, we didn't know that. Yeah. No, no, we, we definitely didn't. Then we have Bouncing Boy with the mustache, which is an odd choice from Keith Gifford that he's decided to grow a mustache. Okay, um, yeah. just in just I guess in off-panel land, he's been growing that mustache for the last couple <laughs> of days. A neat little one. Um, 
And Brainiac 5 is communicating with all, with all different people. Joy Damsel, poor old Joy Damsel, she's really struggling. She's just had, you know, lo- lost, you know, lost the other self and she's just been in bed the last few days. Um, uh, never think that, Lu- Luana. You remember, you're one of the bravest. I have a last gift for you too, my force shield belt, Brainy. And then you have the little, what is that thing? The computer thing? Like... It's like, attention legionnaires, Brainiac 5 regretfully announcing his resignation and departure for Kolu. Breep, breep. The remaining contents of the multi are yours, to do with what you will or what you can. Breep. Is that, what is that thing? Just a little, a little robot? It's a computer that Brainiac apparently redesigned to look more like Validus. It looks like a little tiny Validus. Yes, okay, yeah. It's a very Keith Giffen thing that he would yeah. find uh, funny or cute or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I like it though, um, but or, yeah, I mean, you kind of breeze past this scene with uh, Triplicate Girl, but I thought that was a really great scene. She says it's okay. I've just been lying in bed the last few days, and you know he feels really bad. And she says, "I'm a big girl, Brainy, and we all swore to stake our lives. So what if I was the only one to lose hers? At least I had one to spare. Sort of. That's what comes of being the weakest legionnaire." And then, uh, yeah, what you said is never think that, Lorna. And remember, you are one of the bravest. It just The fact that he gave her his belt is like, you know, protect what he has left of her. Yeah, no, I I think uh, Triplicate Girl and Joe Damsel is one of the bravest because she continually has sacrificed herself over the years. And she went and faced the time trap when, really, frankly, she doesn't have the power set to even be able to match him. But she swore an oath many years ago. And um, you know, to the Legion, and then and then she, you know, basically it meant a lot to her. She was a Legionnaire for life. Yeah. I mean, she was retired. You know, she came back from this, and she's one of my favorites. You know, for sure. Yeah, I think she's great. Um, but yeah, a lot of you know, those were some heavy hits. You know, the hug mm-hmm. with Saturn Girl, and then uh, saying goodbye to Triplicate Girl, and then also just leaving the Legion, which you know, it's Brainiac Five. He's been a pretty constant. He's massive. Figure. He doesn't. Yeah. St- he doesn't stay gone for too long, does he? I mean, he seems. No, to he's go- gone. Really? He doesn't come back until five years later. Okay. How long is that in terms of publishing history? <laughs> like a year. Like right. a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So you want to wrap us through the final annual just to wrap it up? Yeah, sure. Um, well, real quick on Lorna, I was going to say during the five years later stuff, she does get her other body back. Um, Good. Which is cool. Uh, and then, you know, by the time Jeff Johns works on her, she actually can triplicate or multiply, like, endlessly. So Yeah. And yeah, in Bendis' Legion, she's got it back, too. Yeah, but I meant more with this version of that character, I guess. But, yeah. You meant more um, with the good with Legion the stuff, not just the bullshit. <laughs> that, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is Paul Levitz and Barry Kitson. We'll just go through it real quick. But, basically, we see... The espionage squad now working with Dawnstar, mm. which the espionage squad are the people that can like hide or get away quickly. So there's Phantom Girl, Shrinking Violet, Invisible Kid too, and I don't think Dawnstar is really part of the team, but sure. she's along for the ride. She's necessary on this mission, you know. Yeah, for tracking purposes. But mm. uh, Chameleon Boy is trying to escape from his prison. I thought this was kind of cool, where he actually shrinks down to be a crystal and just mm. kind of escape through his crystal prison. It was cool. I that was kind of neat. This is, oh, I should mention, this is Barry Kitson. We read him recently on Dread or Dead. Mm. And then also, um, he comes back and does the Mark Wade three-boot stuff, which okay. is really great. Which I read, but, actually, at the time it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I really like Kitson's stuff. Oh, he's good. I mean, that was on The Fists of Stan Lee, uh, one moment, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that was a, what, a, mm-hmm. what a classic Judge Red story that was. 
Yeah. And yeah. listeners, it if is. you're interested, check out Dread or Dead. That was our, well, our last show. We did that one. Yeah. Uh, he also actually did the L-E-G-I-O-N, which I know you were a decent mm. fan of. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's also Barry Kitson. Are you a big fan Any... of that? I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't gotten all the way through it, but I like what I've read of it. I really like when they did it. Um, they brought it back in, like, 2009 mm. as Rebels. That was really good. Um, but, yeah, maybe we do some of that sometime. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so let's see. Uh, the ship that Phantom Girl rescues Chameleon Boy from explodes, mm -hmm. but he's able to survive by turning into a speck of dust. Or and there's something. a good moment where you really think he's dead for a second, and then Doorstar finds him. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's kind of cool the things they do with Chameleon Boy here. Mm. Uh, it's a real, you know, shows his powers or how cool he can be. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, a Colossal Boy is being experimented on, and yeah. they're wrecking his leg again. Well, uh, and Starfinger really explains that he's actually the first villain that Colossal Boy chased or something whenever yes. he became Colossal Boy. Yes, indeed. Yeah, when he, he got away on Mars uh, and found this ring, and yep. that's where the two girls came out of. It's so cool. Starlight I, and Starlight. I love this, this storyline so much. I I must admit, Starfinger has gone up in my estimation like a lot. Oh with, wow! With, cool. with, with this, with this ring, I think it's cool, man. Like I, I don't think he ever comes back after this. Just what a shame. Um, I'd love to write a story with Starfinger. He'd be a character I would use. You know? <laughs> they do have a Starfinger three, and I think even a Star Thing Starfinger four, and he's in the animated series, which Good. you might like him there. He's very like Euro uh, Euro trash is kind of what they refer to him as. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I am interested in it. I'm just curious if there's ever anything that explains more of like what's going on with this ring and how it got up to Mars, you know? Yeah, I'd love to know. Yeah, I'll look into it. Anyway, um, Starfinger started his criminal organization. He killed the original Starfinger. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, Invisible Kid is infiltrating and he's going to let Colossal Boy get away but for whatever reason he goes visible yeah which well, he's, he's even idea. like he's in caution dictates thoroughly checking this room for whatever staffing it may have arranged for would be res rescuers but this is not the moment for wisdom and then instantly gets caught like well done. yeah it's pretty he, dumb but he had shrinking violet on his yes, back hidden yes. so she was able to get a jab that at was cool actually that shrinking violet came out i thought you know yeah yeah they know their espionage yeah, and legionnaires um, do travel in, in packs, as they as they said, you know. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. Like rats. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we see Starfingers attacking with Starlight and Starbright. Now that all the legionnaires have kind of revealed themselves, yep. and Wildfire ends up flying him like through a wall, which yep. I thought was pretty cool. Yep. Or Dawnstar, I meant. Yeah, Dawnstar. She uh, comes in with a massive sort of like almost a wrestler move. <laughs> yeah, like slams him. There's a funny scene though, uh, where that happens, and then they're all sort of congratulating themselves. And if you see, they're all congratulating themselves, and like the science officer, police officer, is giving um, Colossal Boy a kiss. Dawn starts talking to Shrinking Violet, and then Starfinger just gets up and knocks them all down with an energy blast. Uh, yeah, that's pretty dumb. Like it's like they haven't paid attention to what Starfinger's doing. They're just so happy with <laughs> Dawnstar's like flying fucking maneuver. Then they're like, "Oh yeah, we've won." <laughs> and then they kind of got lucky that uh, Shrinking Violet is a bit extra tough now. Yeah, she's like, "Like hell!" And she slams him. Like, <laughs> but uh, that's Gigi Kuzimano was the science police officer. She yeah. um, was in training 
in the science police with Colossal Boy, so right. they're good friends and okay. yada yada. Um, but yeah, Dawnstar had alerted them to come help. Um, Starlight and Starbright get taken out by the science police, which was kind of funny that they let the science police take I know. out sci- uh, Starlight and Starbright rather than the Legion. I so they the get story. the flamethrowers going on them, it looks like, almost. Like some energy blast. Uh, yeah. Like, they, they hook well, them. They, but they're pretty yeah, powerful, those two little genies. So I'm surprised the, the science police could do it. You know? Well, that's what's surprising is after all this um, covert stuff, they just all the villains end up getting taken out by some kind of cannon yeah. by the science police, yeah. <laughs> you know, rather than any legionnaires. And then he retreats into his ring, but yeah, uh, shrinking cool. Violet figures out where he went, yeah. and he's just held captive with his two lovely ladies until he decides to escape. He's kind of happy though. He's kind of like I'm just waiting, biding my moment, which is actually a cool storytelling device to do that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it definitely seems like we maybe could have seen more of him. Yeah, for sure. Um, the final episode is is really just Atmos and Dream Girl having a night out on the town, basically. Um, yeah, art by Gary Leach, which I thought was pretty strong. This is probably yeah. what like a 2000 AD guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not familiar with the, what he did, but but like definitely, I thought it was good artwork and. Um, Okay. It's well, right. I know. I think he worked on Warrior magazine. I think he was okay. the artist that did a lot of uh, Miracle Man. Right. Okay. Yeah, that does ring a bell. Now that you say that, um, it does look very similar to that. So, okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's just, it's just like a night out on the town for, um, for, 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 for Dream Girl and Atmos, who is an idiotic character in my opinion. Personally. Right. Well, the whole thing was that Starboy got summoned back to Van- Vanthu, his home planet, to be the champion. Mm-hmm where Atmos used to be the champion on Xanthu. Right. Um, and so Starboy left and Dreamgirl single. Um, Atmos came in, and he has this power, and it's real subtle through this story, but basically she's drawn to him because of his power. Yes. Um, where she's almost, like, against her will with right, him. Right, right. Um, but he's she's sort of going with, her, with it as well, though, isn't she? I mean, I think, again, like, against her will. Like, okay, cause, right. Yeah. I see. So it's a bit rapey, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, it, it's not really his fault, I don't think. But yeah, a lot of people don't like Atmos and think he's a rapey creep, I think. Oh, but, right. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, this gets resolved when they go. And she punches Atmos and she gets back together with Starboy. Yeah. But um, yeah, so anyway. It was fun. I mean, look, I'm going to give my score for the conspiracy theory and all the issues. Nine out of ten. Loved it. Loved oh, it. Very Ab- good. Absolutely loved it, man. Like, it was a breath of fresh air. We, I felt like we hadn't done Legion for a little while. I, I, I was craving some, and it just hit the spot. I read it all in one sitting. Um, I, I found it really readable and a really, really strong uh, experience. Oh, great. I'm happy you enjoyed it so much. I'm, I'm going to go with the nine as well. Uh, I thought the conspiracy stuff was uh, really strong. Really loved the issue 50 in the trial so yeah, yeah strong stuff right. and then, like to get to get to the end of time with the time trapper and everything who by the way isn't revealed as a person as he often is you know, you know yeah i think paul levitz's thought was yeah that he's just a force that, yeah which i um, prefer yeah but i do yeah, like I the way so. they change who it is and stuff that's kind of cool you know yeah yeah there's always something interesting right yeah no i mean like adam thank you very much for um bringing this on. Now, what we will do next time on Legion Outpost, we will decide. I mean, everything's up for grabs. If we want to do silver or bronze, we want to do secret origin, whatever you would like to do, I'm, I'm happy to go with. Um, but this was a pleasure to read, for sure. 
Um, yeah, I mean, any any suggestions for what you would like to do next time? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, any of those things that you said would be great, so we'll probably cool. just see how we're feeling at the time, I guess. We'll probably be yeah. a while because we'll have a Dread or Dead and then sure. maybe a Flash. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll probably squeeze a, squeeze a Flash in um, for sure. Um, we might even do flashbacks next. We'll, we'll, we'll decide. But anyway, the point of the story is thank you very much to all the Legionnaires who've been listening. This was a big episode, um, but I feel we covered a hell of a lot of territory, um, which I'm proud of, Adam, actually. And thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, have a good one. All right. Good night, guys. Good night, guys.